make a clap. Dance. <laughs> All right, brother man. Well, we're getting ready. We're getting warmed up. We're doing a little... What are you guys talking about? What are you guys talking about? All right, welcome everybody to another episode, uh, episode 96, I believe, of What Are You Guys Talking yeah. About? We are today talking about Star Wars Visions. So that is the anime collection that has been made on Star Wars lore. Um, we won't say too much for now. If you're first time joining us on the show, this is Ed and my show to talk about basically things that we like, things that inspire us, things that we see around. We do find we're a pretty good radar for what's cool out there. Um, but we kind of put the approach on it. This is what we use to build the studio to make our own stuff. So a lot of times we'll be going into details about why the story is important to us or shots that we liked. Today we'll spend a hell of a lot of time talking about animation and how if you want to get that set up, just kind of the differences that there are in setting up animation you know, works versus setting up something that's live action. Um, but it's generally, you know, just for that, we have, you know, filmies that listen to us. We have filmmakers that listen to us. You know, lots of people like to listen to the kind of the Abbott and Costello thing we got going on over here. So if you enjoy, please saddle up and um, we'll do first impressions first, which will let you know whether, you know, you're someone that wants to particularly join us for this particular episode and this particular um, you know thing that we're watching. Um, then we'll talk a little bit about what we watched elsewhere this week because I just think it's good to pick up, kind of wrap up all the additional things that we have seen. And then finally, we'll go into the story proper and kind of delve into the various shorts that were done for Star Wars Visions. So with me, as always, is Eddie Spaghetti. Say hi, Ed. Hey. Okay. So Hello. Oh, he's so cute. You Eddie. So this is like this is like his day. He's been he's been waiting for a Star Wars thing because we haven't had one in a very long time that we both liked. Um, because most of the Star Wars stuff, I mean, the Mando I liked, and the Mando we had many a show on, but. You know, most of the stuff that comes out, Ed gets really excited for, and then he turns to me, and I'm just not a huge Star Wars fan. So I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all right. I guess I'll watch it with you. So um, if you want to catch us, though, a couple more things before we get started proper. www.lovevictoriaproductions.com. Please, please, please come visit the website. We've got a really cool intro Halloween video. It's really funny. It was for Halloween last year, but it works now because I just haven't updated it in a year's time. So, haha. But we have a Halloween video um, kind of that shows our sizzle reel, that kind of shows everything that we're working on. Um, and everything like that. You can also catch out all the Dirty 20 films or all the Dirty 20 episodes, all the uh, podcasts that we have, plus short films from Ed and myself, kind of our potted history. Um, it's quite fun. If, you, if you've if never heard of us before, then I would definitely say spend some time on it, right? I mean, there's just so much history on there now. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, I haven't really so deleted out anything very, in the past. It's very full of content, I would say, which is nice. It's nice when you're when you've built a good portfolio. Like we have. It is. It is the kind of thing because because really, I mean, it, sometimes I wonder if it just exists on those days when I'm struggling to get my writing done or something like that. Like I will turn it on and just go through our stuff to make me feel better. You know what I mean? Because it's like because we started this four or five years ago. Now Ed started his film career 15, 20 years ago. So there's a lot there. You know what I mean? And a lot that that just kind of makes me smile in the end. But that's first point of call. And, and that's probably one of the things that i love about this podcast is that we get to talk about our kind of backstory as as film lovers and the things that we love watching and you know when we did our our like top 10 films that was that was really cool to talk about some of those films and you know today i'm super excited because we're going to get to delve about like our history with animation yeah yeah i mean that's the thing without wanting to sound too pretentious and i often sound pretentious but without wanting to sound too pretentious like this 
there's no purpose to this. Like we like that people listen to it and we find it really cool that more and more people are joining, but we do it so we can kind of have the catharsis of thought, you know what I mean? And kind of the, um, you know, the thing going together and that we can it, understand it where we're coming from. Because we, we had these conversations, right? We would, we would talk about it. That's right. They're, they're like kind of letting you in on a, a mini production meeting or a mini pre-dev yeah. meeting saying like, how will we build this or how will we do this? And, and to give you more insight, like this is exactly how it's done on film. You know what I mean? That was the, the reason reason I think the two of us were attracted so much into film is it's just sitting around and talking a lot and then you do stuff you do actually do things but you know you have to plan so much to make sure it's well that's kind of what these these podcasts are for us a way for us to plan our our visions as it were Ooh, yeah, no pun intended sure. exactly nice nice segue very cool so otherwise you can catch us on social media we have pages on Facebook, also one for Love Victoria Productions. We are on Instagram, Anano LVP or Jazzy J. Shirell. Twitter, at Mouth Love Victoria or at Ananoski Prod or the LinkedIn page, which is just a company page is there. Also check us out on TikTok now with LVP Film Life. Haven't posted for a while, but maybe I'll put the Dirty 20 intro up there just so you guys can smile and find it. So that's everything. First impressions, Star Wars Visions, Ed, who is this for? <laughs> well, I was in the bag hard on this just the fact that i'm i'm someone who grew up loving animation uh and particularly like japanese animation um you know seeing akira in the theaters when mm. it when it came to spain uh you know being obsessed with dragon ball when i was a kid and then it kind of mashes with my absolute adoration of star wars you know mm. i think i think beyond that though this is exactly kind of what I hoped would come about with more Star Wars content was new stories, different perspectives. And for me, this kind of, um, you know, uh, this, this format of, of one-off stories that aren't super long, I think it's the perfect vehicle to test things out and see what works, see what doesn't, you know. So I think anyone who loves animation should definitely watch this. Anyone who loves Star Wars should definitely watch this. But I think also those people who were disappointed with things like The Last Jedi or, you know, the, the kind of the sequel trilogy and were kind of a bit turned off by, by Star Wars losing sight of its roots, I think. This does a great job of, you know, reconnecting with with its roots in the same way that i think mando did did a great job in reconnecting with those roots with the western style you know i would agree i think there's a very small group of people who wouldn't enjoy this really like honestly like the 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 whole point with animation japanese anime so anime when we talk about it those became popular with people like ed and i because the stories are powerful they're good yeah. the japanese have a long history not just in film but a long history of being able to craft these really well-written stories you know every single one of the visions that i saw you know there's there's whether 10 total or nine, nine total nine in total. you know every single one that i saw was a great story it was something that like mm -hmm. i would love to just see and again as ed said I managed to get my daughter in on one today because they're short. They're only, you know, the one I watched today was 14 minutes long. So yeah, tw don't... 20 is the longest one, I think. That's right. That's right. So, you know, the only people, and this is just because I always try to point a counterpoint to Ed, which sometimes just aggravates him. So please, let, let's, I'm not trying to <laughs> aggravate him right now. But the only people I could see, Ed, that, that may not 
enjoy this. It. I just saw it when I was putting up Dirty Twenty on Twitter. They had the post about this is what happens to Twitter when Idris Elba is is you know hailed as the next Bond, and it was just angry faces. And like, mm. there will be some Star Wars diehards mm. that love the True. Skywalker saga, which is my whole yeah. qualm with Star Wars. I didn't like the Skywalker saga. I just said it's a, it's a great world. It's a dumb story. You know what I mean? Those people that are wedded to that, you know, wedded yeah. to that, are not going to enjoy the liberties yeah, that have been taken. It's it's not it's not that definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do sure. you know what I mean? Like the hardcore, yeah. you know, the, the the angry troll in the corner, and and you can angry troll me for this if if it makes you feel better, sir <laughs> or ma'am, whatever you are. Mm. You know, that's the person that may be flying some stuff. And I, you know, I, I didn't really get a chance because I've been really busy lately to check to see what people were saying about this. It's kind of slipped in under the radar, I think, which is why I wanted to do the podcast because, you know, this should have been like the top story on Variety. I think they yeah, mentioned yeah. it in Polygon. But, I mean, this is something that everyone should be watching. They have yeah, taken a great, you know, history, a great kind of, you know, again, Star Wars mythology is, is as deep and as, you know, big as MCU or more, you know. Yeah. And what they've done is gone back to where that mythology originally came from. Yeah. Because Lucas is, you know, George Lucas, Mr. Lucas, you know, he is an odd duck. You know, I'm never I'm never one to mince words about that. But man, he knows his stuff when it comes to his own story. Like he yeah. created layer and, upon and layer he, on this. And his his, you know, his inspiration of, of the, the, the samurai code, like it just it just works so well with anime because, mm. you know, it, it is very a very kind of. You can see the connections, you know, um, and so I think it just it works really, really well in the same way that, you know, the Western works. Really yeah, well. I mean, I also feel that this is very I say it a lot on the show now because I feel like I'm getting better with the, finding the rhythm on this. It's very zeitgeisty. The stories are stories that feel good in a post-COVID world, you know? And we're not post-COVID mm. completely, but coming out of just what we've all been through between, you know, I always say it was like Trump and then COVID just set the whole world on fire, you know what I mean? <laughs> and now we're coming to a calmer period at least, semi-calmer. I, mean, I, I, think, I think that works really well for Star Wars because it's so much about, you know, hope in darkness and like uh, you know hoping for a better future and stuff like that i think you know in in that sense the the star wars kind of uh, mythology the, the the legends that that they usually try and you know work with rebellion you know and, and all this kind of thing i think it, it it works really well in the world right now again i think so i mean you know just like the mcu is doing and they do it via like a film that will be like this was the event that happened star wars doesn't necessarily do it directly in their films because there aren't that many but it, it does have key moments and that's i've brought it up in the podcast in the past because i like that i like the idea that the world is built their world is built on key moments one you know there's there's two big switches that happen in the Star Wars universe. The first one being, you know, when the Republic dies and the Empire takes over. I've just now finished watching uh, The Bad Batch, which kind of mm -hmm. describes in depth like what yeah, that was like. And it was yeah. so yeah. good at the end when you start Very seeing cool, yeah. just how that happens. But you go to Phantom Menace, which is trying to tell you how that's all going to get set up. And I'm telling you to put you to sleep because George, <laughs> you know, George talks about it in the commentary. He was trying to like world build. And I think yeah. the problem is he didn't understand that like you need a captivating i mean he knows this but what what happened is it wasn't a captivating story like the story of anakin skywalker as it was told in that is not to me 
a captivating story. Yeah, the, 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 the choices to focus on, on certain aspects rather than others um, and I th- do seem kind of baffling, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so we'll get into more detail, but I would suggest, like, everyone go see this because, again, it's why we're yeah, putting on the plug. give it a try, at least. Yeah, just one of them and see what you think. Yeah. If you think, oh, this is crap, it's not my thing, then fine. Like, absolutely fine. Turn off the podcast now and come back to us next week. You know, we'll have a guest or something on. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I- I'm not saying you have to love this. I'm just saying I'd be surprised if not one of these didn't tickle you a certain way. Mm. It may get you. The other thing that makes me hopeful. Now, anime is not what it was when I got into anime. You know, anime, mm. when Ed and I got into it was a very nerdy thing you know what i mean and there were Mm. only a handful of people that even knew what it was nowadays it's everywhere but this could get people very much so into japanese anime it's so well done and it has all the styles it's the other thing i liked about it is the Mm. cool thing about anime is because you're dealing with different artists they are artists that's that's what i always think is a little bit different for them versus american cartoons like there's Mm. artistry in what they do it has a distinct look now, I'm not saying they don't do that in the West, and they certainly have improved that in the West. But Yeah, yeah, no, but, but, but the, the Japanese just seem to have a, 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 a magical, magical touch, you mm, know, mm. whether it's your Studio Ghibli stuff, whether it's, you know, your Ghosts in the Shells and your Akira's, um, you know, there's, there's such a wide variety, because it's such a popular genre, right? Like, I feel like in the West for so long... It was described as like a kid's medium. But that's, that's, and boy, is that wrong, right? That was the problem. Like the first, and we can get into this, you know, we'll get into this more and later in the show, but, but you know, mm. it just was mis- mislabeled in the U.S. And, and largely around the world outside of Japan for a very long time. And mm. now people have kind of gotten it and understand where it comes from. Mm. But I still think there's a whole audience out there that knows nothing about it. You know yeah, what I mean? Someone, yeah. someone like, and this isn't me dogging my wife. My wife is not someone I know that watches anime. Because I remember you bought her Perfect Blue, and it's sad. Mm. Because she just didn't, it wasn't because she wouldn't like the movie. It, she would have loved that movie. It's mm. just because she has no idea. It looks like a cartoon to her. Right, And right, it's right. really She's hard to, like, take them over the parapet and say, no, 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 it's not yeah. The Simpsons. It's not Family Guy. Like, yeah. this is, this is a real story. Like, a good story. Yeah. And it's wonderfully drawn, you know? Yeah. So, at any rate, what else you watching this weekend? Um, so this week I caught up, um, with Ted Lasso, um, which we talked a little bit about the other day on the phone, mm. uh, cause yeah, I'd skipped a couple of episodes and I'm kind of glad that I did because I got to watch the episode that you'd kind of warned me was like a little odd, um, which was the coach beard episode. Mm. Uh, and then uh, and, and then, then I got to watch the, the next, next episode, which was really good. Like, it, it kind of redeemed. I told you this on the phone the other day. I was like, it's kind of like the bad episode made the next episode even better. That's right. Because even, even a bad episode, right? It's not that it's unwatchable. It's not. It just every other episode of Ted Lasso that you watch, you generally leave it feeling very uplifted. And I, I you know, that's a testament to, to the writing, a testament to the way they're putting the show together. That one was more like an episode of the Mighty Boosh, where at the end of it, you just kind of scratched your head and was like, what what just happened here? And so, you know, everybody's entitled to do what they want with their show. It's just, it went in a weird direction for an episode, you know? Yeah, but but what I was mentioning earlier that I kind of enjoyed of the episode was, you know, there is something very primal about dancing and about going out and having fun and just kind of letting loose. 
and it's something that I have, have never really kind of connected with that that much. You know, I, I enjoy dancing whenever, like, I'm at a wedding or, you know, whatever, but I'll, I will never really go out to a club or something like that. But this episode made me kind of remember the, the joy that you can have from dancing, I, I was about to say, so you know? that episode specifically reminded me of, it's, a, it's one of my famous nights out, because um, I had a couple, but I, one of my more famous nights out, and I don't know whether I should put this on a podcast or not, but why not, you know, like... <laughs> So I went to visit... There goes the political career. I was about to say, whoa, when you did that one. No, I mean, I won't go through the whole night, but it was a night as described, you know, and in, in it was it was like Coach Beard. Like, it went on right. and on and on and had no yeah. rhyme or reason. But it started with the Pyrex of Rum, where, uh, uh-huh. you know, I was handed it by a friend who I think expected me to sip it for the next couple hours, and then I was just having a good time, so I drank Chugging it. away. And, um, <laughs> you know... Thinking that was a good idea, I then proceeded to hang out at the party that I was at in Clapham Common, living in the other side of town in, mm. in East London. So I was miles from my house, and uh, I was so hammered at the time. I left the guy's house, I remember at like 1 o'clock, I think. The party was mm. like not dying down, but people were starting to leave. So I just kind of followed, yeah. and I mean, I was so hammered, and I just got on the first bus I saw. <laughs> like I'm not kidding, and I ended up it's downtown. Like, it, it I ended. Sound, up, it sounds like the beginning of a movie. Man. Oh, that's what I mean. And I ended up. At, I remember getting off the bus in. First, it was East Dulwich, and I didn't. I knew where that was because I had a friend that lived there, and I was like, I need to get here, and they're like, you need to get on this bus. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting down to the National Gallery. So I finally made it to Central London, mm-hmm. and then all hell broke loose. I was on a bus with another group of people. A man exposed himself to another man, and I laughed hysterically and thought it was hilarious. <laughs> The man who exposed himself sat down next to me and we began singing together. Oh my god. The rest of the night is a bit of a blur, but there was dancing, there was partying. I apparently was part of some guy's bachelor's do. You know what I mean? Nice. So we'll leave it at that. It was a good night. I wake up the next morning at the bus depot in Leighton. They're hosing <laughs> down the bus. And I walked out like, what's going on, man? And they didn't even know anybody was still on the bus. You know what I mean? So... When I saw the Coach Beard episode, Ed, I really thought of that night. Like, I was like, yes, yeah, yeah. in London, you can have a night like that. And what I loved about that episode, the good parts about that episode were like, that's the beauty of London because people are just mm-hmm. nice. I'm not telling, you know, every city in the world isn't like that. Now, when we lived in Daegu, that was one of the things we loved about living in Daegu is that, and, and, all, and most of Korea was this way, is there was no that type of crime. Like, you could mm-hmm. walk around... Anywhere you wanted, right. pissed as a fart if you wanted safe. to, and no one was gonna mug you, no one was gonna hurt you. It just wasn't done. Like it's not part perhaps, of perhaps a, a little bit different for like women. I think absolutely um, no, no, no. And, and full disclaimer so, on that: that is for the males, not absolutely not the same situation for females in Korea. And that used to be the even bigger dichotomy. I mean, you'd see well, I won't go into what you'd see on the street, but you see some pretty terrible stuff yeah. against women on the street and you weren't able to do anything because it was permitted. It was, you know, it was one of those things that if you said something, you'd end up yourself in jail for saying something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but that's what I mean. Like I appreciate it. Cause I think, you know, they had the Christmas episode, right. With Ted Lasso. Yeah. They're trying yeah. to bring out to me some of the great things about England. And one of those is mm. Christmas. Christmas is such a wonderful holiday here. But mm. the other thing is like a night out because I guess the difference would be in my home, co- in my home country, Ed, in America, mm-hmm. in America, <laughs> I just feel like there's 
always, because we have those Puritan roots, there's always this element of shame for doing that. Mm. And listen, like, mm. there shouldn't be any shame. Like, people get drunk sometimes. It happens when you're young. You do it a lot. You know, like, that's mm. the way the world is. What I liked about that episode is it just showed how things can magically come together if you yeah. just let go a little bit. And it can be a, a, a magical, if frustrating journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, I caught that. That was really cool. I also caught um, the What If uh, episode, you know, talking about getting drunk, Party Thor. Um, oh my God, I've almost forgotten. Oh my God, that's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it was really just a, a wacky, fun episode, you know. Um, it probably wouldn't go in my like top three episodes of What If that I've watched, but... Definitely like a fun one, not like, you know, a downer at all. Really, really cool. No, it, it does what What If is supposed to do. So what was the, that one? That was if Thor were like were not an only, only child. child. Yeah, so yeah. if there was no Loki, or at least Loki was not adopted, because Loki does yeah. show up. It's really great when he shows up. <laughs> it's no, hilarious, I mean, isn't it? That, that's like, that's what I mean. Like, it's it's the same thing we're going to talk about with Visions. It's, it's I think... We're really into, as, as, as a populist right now, stories. Like, we want stories, different stories, d everything. I think maybe it's because we had 20 years of, you know, movie studios telling us they needed remakes for everything or sequels. Like, we want <laughs> stories. We want interesting things. And this was a great take. Like, it was just a great story to say, mm -hmm. what would Thor be like? Oh, my God, he's this ass. You know what I mean? And what a surprise. Mm -hmm. What I really love, though, is that they brought back, like, the, the reason this is so magical, Ed, is you're bringing back, that was Portman, that was Hemsworth, that was, mm -hmm. you yeah, know, yeah, you've yeah. got the actors there. I, that just makes the difference for me. When you know it's mm -hmm. Natalie Portman and, and Hems, you know, the brothers Hemsworth, you know, sitting yeah, there. The brothers Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris. I know it's Chris, just, but I'll never give that up. For, just for those who, who, who may be catching us for the first time, Jason can't tell the difference. Between either Hemsworth, so he will almost always. There's three of them. There's three of them. The first, yeah, but but really, it's it's the it's it's. It's Liam and Chris. I always get Liam and Chris completely confused. <laughs> you always call the first one first by the wrong one, so. They're just the brothers Hemsworth. I, maybe it's maybe it's jealousy. I just hope to be adopted into the brothers Hemsworth clan someday. You know, like I could be yeah, Hemsworth. Ugh, you guys, you guys need a native. You know, like you know what I mean. I could be, I could be your your minority card or whatever it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> the brothers Hemsworth light. I don't know. Yeah. At any uh, rate, the yeah. Other, the other thing that I watch finally that you've been telling me to watch for ages uh, is Only Murders in the Building, uh, which I absolutely. Love. Right. Now, now, sadly, I've taken a pause on that. We watched the first one, and then she fell asleep. I say she, that's my wife. Fell asleep during the second one, so we've kind of paused it while we're watching a couple other things, which I'll talk about in a minute. But, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So good, man. And I'm, I'm one of those, I'm one of those, like, true crime, like... Nuts. I love it when the I, I, That's the like, thing. Like, <laughs> the reason these work is I think most people are. So, like, right now, one of the big stories in America, the one that's, like, overarching everything else is the disappearance of this poor girl. And mm. everyone's going after the boyfriend because the boyfriend's disappeared now and they're on this road trip. Mm. But I'm telling you, the news puts it out because you click on that every time. You're like, I wonder what happened to this person. I wonder what... Mm. It's just our nature to yeah. kind of want to know yeah. about these things. And I love Martin Short. I think he's one of those actors that could win an Oscar. Um, if, if given the right role, I think he's really good. Yeah, no, I mean, I love them both. You know, Steve Martin mm. always holds a place in my heart because that's like one of my mother's favorite comedians. And when I talk about like origins of comedy, I still mm. think of him as King Tut in Saturday Night Live, where he comes yeah. out and roller skates singing King Tut, dun, 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 dun. I mean, it was ridiculous. And my mother just couldn't stop laughing. And that like yeah. taught me humor. You know what I mean? It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, loves the just and, and hey, shout out Selena Gomez as well. I like I have no attachment. No, to I don't, we I said this over the phone. We'll say it on the podcast because it makes it seem like sane people. Like, listen, Selena Gomez was a child when we were like in our twenties, and so mm. I have deliberately. It's it's a bit like the Olsen twins. You just avoided them because you didn't want to be like, oh, she's gotten older now. This is great right. because this is an actual like acting gig. Like I couldn't watch mm-hmm. Spring Break and those things because it just felt dirty. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. really sorry. I, I saw you as a child. Like, I this did. Is, I did watch it and i actually that's a really good film um you know the very young women in in bikinis like it it feels unnecessary to be honest um but it is a very good film i will say that okay well i may i may someday give it a watch then i didn't know see the problem is 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 a child star coming out with a movie she's in a bikini and guys like i'm not bullshitting to say like that can go one of two ways in hollywood and uh Mm. it's a 50 50 you know what i mean how that's gonna play out so um, it's a bit like, you know, Billie Eilish right now taking so much flack for, for mm. dressing a bit different these days. Like, oh, let's not go down that route. Okay, but did you, so you definitely enjoyed the show then. Yeah, it's based I on a know. podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. Uh, I, I, th- I thought it was hilarious, just the whole setup. And, it like, there was a podcast that I was obsessed with called Serial. Uh, and you know I, like we would have like dinners and stuff where that's all we would talk about you know it was crazy so it just made me laugh really really hard i, I think i think it's definitely going to be one that i that i keep watching sweet shout out shout out to the new york vibe on that too that is one of the more new york now right now in my free time now this isn't something i'm watching but i've gone back to play P- the ps5 remaster of spider-man partly because it just calms me down let me tell you there's nothing for me at least and my wife even lets me play this for hours now she normally doesn't let me play anything video game wise for hours because we have responsibilities and things to do but this one like if i've had a long day like i will just swing around manhattan for, for hours you know what i mean just like oh i'll go do this oh, i'll go do this oh, i'll go do this and like oh new york how i miss thee how i love thee you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. just just and there's such a good vibe for that for only murders in the building you know what i mean? love you told me you told me this that, that you were playing it and then you get a mission to tell you to go somewhere and then you wouldn't even need the map yeah i know it's, it's because like there. family love yeah i'd be like go to march street like okay you know what I mean? And like, like it, 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 Becky laughs at stuff like that because yeah, if I take you to New York, you don't want to go to New York with me because I literally will sit there and tell you about every single thing. And I'll be like, oh, that's where my parents, oh. blah, blah, blah. And this is where I went to blah, 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 blah. Like my, 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 my wife had to deal with that with my aunt and my, both my aunts. I had two aunties driving me to, to driving us to like Kennedy airport from Jersey. And Jesus Christ, we drove right through New York. And I mean, every single place had a story for the family. And she just was like, oh my God, we're going to be late for this plane. I'm like, no, 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 they're just, they're reminiscing. You know, it's because it's where the family home was for four generations. So we love New York. Nice. I definitely want to go sometime. We will, man. We definitely will. All right. So yeah, on my radar, you know, PS5, Spider-Man, the big thing this week, and I'll just do one just so we can get moving on, just talk about Star Wars Visions, but I watched the Squid Game on your recommendation. Um, And I can combine that with something else I watched. So earlier in the week, I bought a 4K theatrical cut of Battle Royale. That's right, the theatrical cut, because I think it's better than the director's cut. Really? Yeah. I'm like that. It's funny. I'm getting like that about... Director's cut's like another, what, 20 minutes? And it's like, uh-huh. I find now, and it's really funny. I, Lord of the Rings, I would still say, go with the extended versions because they're already long movies. So what's another, you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 like seven hours if you watch the three of them without the extended, and it's nine if you do. So like two more hours is not going to kill you. But for most things, I'm like, no, I want the theatrical cut because that's the cut that people paid to see. That's the cut that was like hot. 
And yeah, I would say in Battle Royale, like the 4K version, Jesus, like so cherry. Nice. So I watched that, but then I also watched Squid Game, which is yeah, a yeah. really interesting take on that kind of genre. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's not... You know, I'm well, slow. You talked about Alice in Alice in Borders. So yeah, so if you want to do the full trilogy of of, of this experience, and I guess you'd have to put the Hunger Games in there too. But you know, you'd have Alice in Borderland was the first thing on Netflix. It's a Japanese show, and I think it's only got the one season so far. But it was beloved because it's mm. it's another battle royale type thing. And what I told Ed is the difference between that and the Korean Squid Game is that like. Alice in Borderland is like false reality. So something's going to happen just like Battle Royale. You know, you would never really believe that they're going to drop 30 kids on an island and make them kill each other, right? Like right, right. Hunger Games made that it's easier to believe history. because they, they kind of expand yeah. upon it and they, they make it a whole different world. But Battle Royale, like the interesting about it is it looks like 1990 Japan. Like it doesn't look futuristic. They just managed to do some futuristic things by dropping mm. these kids on an island and being like, kill each other. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. you know, you suspend your belief for the sake of the movie and it happens early on so you're not constantly saying like this is so unrealistic right, right squid right. game following like the air of parasite you know following mm. korean cinema in general mm. he says without wanting to to say too many things like because I, I don't watch a ton of korean cinema so it may be very different with other things I, no but I, I think you know we are somewhat experts you know like yeah we definitely know know? and and that's what i would say like like some korean stuff can be really shiny and it always has like Mm. the 4k shine so don't you know squid game is still shiny that way like they don't make anything gritty like i've never seen like a dirty video like uh, you know from korea like where it's grained out or something like that that being said there's an attention to detail on like people's appearance the way they light people like it's just Mm. more realistic People don't yeah, look yeah. beautiful. They look normal. Yeah. Like, and I yeah, love yeah. that. And not saying Korean people aren't beautiful because y'all very beautiful. I love you guys. But <laughs> no, but it's 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 very interesting because they while while I was in Seoul, um, they had opened a new like arts university, mm. and um, you're hundred percent right in that like you know while we were there, any of the like dramas or anything were very like just clean and very he- overlit. I would say. Mm. And, uh, you know, between Bong Joon-ho and, and uh, Park Chan-woo. That's right. So the new and, wave and that guys, came through, they, they yeah. kind of, you know, inviscerated this and said, you know what? You actually would prefer it if we make these people look like you and I. Why? Because yeah, yeah. because that's what Squid Game does. Squid Game, even though he's Koreans, and it helps a little mm. bit. My wife and I are watching it. And we both live there, so we get mm. the references and things like that. Yeah, but yeah, just yeah. like Parasite did, it drags you in. Like, you, you slowly start feeling more for the characters because they seem a little bit like you and me and so that's the difference alice in borderland i just don't think you're really going to say oh i'm just like that guy you might maybe in the fight sequences you have to kind of suspend disbelief right like like, it's cool but it's a thing with squid game the people that you're running into in that and it it has lots of twists and turns there's another thing i liked because there's not always so many twists and turns in 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 that kind of show and in this one there's a Mm. lot like, you get involved because you're like, oh, man, I see where he's coming from. And, and like, you know, just a mini spoiler, mini spoiler, like the dad, right? The, the dad is the protagonist and he's portrayed as the yeah. shit dad. And they do mm. it so well, like so well, mm. because it's it's bringing up how you show someone's character flaws. And it's not about writing it in the story. It's about showing it. It's about making mm. him do things. Again, we're going back to like save the cat. Well, this was showing bad dad and why he's a shit yeah. dad, even though he tries like it just 
that kind of stuff is so Korean and done so well. Like, I love it. I love it. Just, just so you know, if you hear like a noise, it's the massive rain outside. Oh yeah, I was, I was gonna warn before. We'll have it on this end too, man. We just had a massive thunderstorm come by, so. I think it's arrived here. Winter, winter is coming. Winter is coming. That's awesome. I'm definitely gonna. Do, would you recommend watching Battle Royale first, and then going to Alice in Borderlands, and then going to Squid Game? Ooh, that's a good Jason question. That's just a fun question because now I get to choose. Um, let me see how I would watch that. Start with Battle Royale because it's a classic, okay? And, like, yeah. everybody should at least have seen that film. Quentin Tarantino loved yeah. it, so most of us I, in America I saw it, but... I think I think I may have watched it because you told me to watch it, like, back in... Back in Korea, right? Yeah, yeah, that that would have yeah, been... Because, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the... Oh, man, see, this is it, bringing me back. So back when we had <laughs> video stores, DVD stores... DVD stores, woo! Yeah, that was one of the DVDs you could rent. You know what I mean? It was Battle Royale. They always had a copy in any local DVD store. So, yeah, yeah I, I definitely would have recommended that to you. Because, as I said, it was it was brought to America by Quentin Tarantino, who loved it. Like, just said it was the mm -hmm. best thing he'd ever seen. I will say that the acting, and the, it's very Japanese, and so it is, the acting is over the top. That's that's what happens. That's the acting yeah, style. I love, uh, I really love Takeshi Kitano, the, the guy who plays the teacher. Yeah. Oh, he's so mean. He's so mean. But also, you know, it's the first appearance of, uh, that's how Gogo got her role. Um, and I don't know the oh, actress's okay. name because I'm terrible with Japanese I, names. I but Gogo from Kill Bill Volume One is one of the lead. Is not she's not the lead character. So she, I always thought she was the protagonist. She's not. Like she's one of the characters in Battle Royale. Um, but yeah, just watch that. Watch that first. I would go mm. in the order. I would watch that, then watch Alice in Borderland. It's just one season. That is that yeah. that is getting a bit more realistic, but it has a lot of style to it as well. And then you get to like Squid Game, which will like, get you in the right mindset for this type of this type of show that's talking about okay. you know these games people play should for. I, should I squeeze Parasite in between Alice in Borderland and uh, and Squid Game? No, no, I wouldn't put Parasite no. in there. Only because I saw Parasite once, and I I'm gonna go watch the black and white version because I have both versions now. I got Bon Judo's. Oh my God, Ed, you you are going to salivate when you see this Bon Juno collection. It's gorgeous. Nice. It's so it's it's done by Curzon. Like they've done the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you, just for listeners as well, in case you're an in, you, you like Bond, you know, like it has all his stuff, every film he's made, and it's laid out perfectly. It has background text, like it's everything. If you are a fan of his stuff, yeah, that you'd yeah. want, you know what I mean. So, and it wasn't it's expensive. I got why, it for my birthday. It's also but, why I like uh, Criterion and stuff. Like yeah, that. just just, just for guys package. like us that you know, like I'm at the moment. I'm reading a book on Ghost in the Shell that's written by another filmmaker that's just talking about oh, how they made it and why, it, what references it has, and. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it does does the endless circle among the the cinephiles. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. So yeah. Okay, I'll definitely do that. Cool. So yeah, Squid Game, check it out. As I said, it's only like eight episodes, nine episodes, I think. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get on to Star Wars Visions. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to start with this, man. How about we we'll just start with easy stuff? What was your favorite one? Oh, okay. So oh, you're like uh, that's not easy. It's, it really isn't. Uh, for me, there were there were two that really appealed to me. Okay. Um, the first one was literally the first one, the duel. Mm. Um, like I actually, I told you this, but I watched it with with Japanese subtitles. Ooh. Uh, sorry, with Japanese um, audio. Audio and English with English subtitles. subtitles yes. Yeah, um, because I'm I'm one of those people. That's okay. Who thinks it, it's it's better? But then you told me. No, 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 seriously. Like, watch it with the English because 
the voice work and you were 100 for the third one yeah for the, yeah. the third one the rock and roll one like you you needed yeah, to hear yeah, that yeah, yeah. like it's just so much that better was, that was really good but but it's between the duel uh because of the animation style uh and and just the whole samurai uh ronin guys fighting each other with mm. lightsabers uh, uh and the other one was the ninth jedi but the ninth jedi was more because 100 percent, i would see a whole season of that story okay um, so and this is where i need you now we'll come back to the duel because i have some comments i can make about the the duel as well but okay starting with um because I, some of this unfortunately like we do delve into this because i have the resident encyclopedia of star wars on here and i'm sure people have questions so do you know what that lore was talking about in the in the ninth jedi so um Part, partly, and I think that's why I really enjoyed it, because it used Jedi lore, meaning that, uh, you know, um, the Jedi were at one point almost wiped out by the Sith, um, and obviously the lightsabers are, are, are an essential part of, of their, um, you know, religion, essentially. Um, but it also did its own thing by, you know, taking this master forger who has created these because there's this guy who wants to restart uh, the jedi order and, and he wants to give lightsabers to, to um the, the jedi that are still around and it has a really nice twist um at the end that i that i won't kind of give away but you, you can we are on spoilers if you want <laughs> <laughs> but but it it had this wicked kind of almost like a pilot episode vibe to it where it was like okay now the adventure starts and now i want to see um you know this group um go out and and and, and see their adventures and, and, and stuff like that yeah i mean coming into the production angle and a little bit about the writing the one thing i will say the other thing you should be doing listeners if you are a filmmaker or you're a writer and you want to like use these to dissect good story the reason this is a, a very good story is i mean this was a three-act short you know what i mean it has the opening where you meet the daughter of the swordsmith, then you yeah. see the swords, then there actually, no, I'm sorry, the first one's the gathering. You meet the gathering of all the people That's at this right. place with someone who looks like a Sith. Like he he looks yeah. just like a yeah, Sith. The and guy, so the guy who's the guy who's asked everyone to come. I mean, he's got the the classic like you know. Yeah, it's black and red. You know what I mean? Like like in Star Wars, yeah. like this is this is what I loved is is Visions plays with all of this and says like, well, you yeah. know this, but you know it's a yeah. long history and so things yeah. can change. Yes. But he looks like he's from the Sith, and then the other guys look like they're all Jedi and they all look yes. scared as hell. So you're like, huh? Like what's going on here? Is this a setup? Are they trying to kill the last mm -hmm. of the Jedi? But then you quickly get taken over to the second act, which is meeting this girl who is, you know, the, the daughter of a swordsmith. And then you see that she is hella talented with a lightsaber. Yes, yes. But it was the yes. first time, yes. I, and I think it was the first time for a lot of people, because I'm not sure it's been done before, but, you know, the interesting lore bits there that, you've ne that I don't think you've seen before, her lightsaber has no color yet because right. the kyber crystals, yeah. and I only know that because I've watched so many of these now, the kyber crystals yeah. haven't, like, she hasn't harnessed enough force yet to make it a color, and it'll come out to a color. Now, that's, that, that's the one thing where I was like, hmm. Okay, I've never heard that before, but I was totally okay with that, and that's that's kind of part of the thing is that Star Wars fans need to be able to like, mm, 
let go of the whole That's right. That's Listen, like, if Marvel can retcon, if DC can retcon, treat yes. Star Wars like a comic book universe. Like, you've got to be able to retcon 100%. certain things. Because the whole point of a retcon, and if you don't know what a retcon is, we're going to have a show that, that was titled this. Because retcon is when you go back and kind of change the backstory and say, okay, mm. like, it was this. That doesn't make a lot of sense, so it's going to be this now. You know what I mean? Right. And, and in comic books, they have to do it all the time because comic books run for so long. And so... You know, people won't buy the same story for 20 years. It has to change. It has to move on. And so, like, they did a lot of retconning in the Star Wars visions, I think. You know, a lot of things that were like, I'm not sure if I remember being that way before, but, you know, it is now. The thing, the thing that I really admire about it, though, and is you can so clearly see that the people working on these things are just fans of Star Wars. They have been their whole lives. And, you know, they're excited to work on, on, you know, with that franchise, right? And so it's always done with a lot of respect. And I think that perhaps some of, some of the complaints that people had about things like The Last Jedi and stuff like that felt like change is made because, ah, uh, I don't care about, about this thing, you know? For example, and, and I think you changes need to be made, but it's that balance of you know respecting the what's come before and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, the one thing that came to my mind because you're a massive Trekkie, right? Mm. And um, one of the things that happened, particularly when when Deep Space Nine started to become a much bigger thing, was that the writers said any story can be a Star Trek story. Right. And I think that's very true about Star Wars as well. Any story can be a Star Wars story. It, it, it almost goes back to last week we were talking about Shang-Chi and the Marvel Factory. And that's kind of the point I was trying to make there. Which, by the way, Simo Liu pl played the father in, in this episode. Oh, really? There we go, yeah, mate. There we cool, go. So, yeah, I mean, I talked about it last week with, like, the, the Marvel Factory. Like, Marvel, Disney and Marvel have created, you know, via Kevin Feige, Victoria Alonso, and, and, and Luis Diospacito, like, they have created a, a conveyor belt which any story could really go through there. Any of the classic stories. And again... It's not that every story is the same, but there are only so many archetypes of a story that you're ever going to have. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you're always working within those remits, whether that's a limitation of the human mind or whatever it is. That's just mm -hmm. the truth. So one thing I like that Ed was talking about, you know, that comes up a lot with my writing is respect for source material and research. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I totally misjudged that, you know, before I became more of a full time writer, you know, someone that does it every day. And, Listen, you have to respect the material you're going from. It will help you. If you don't, you won't write something good because throwing away something, you know, adapting something, but then throwing away parts that may have been good to other people will really burn, you know, fans of the, uh, of the situation. So what I would say is, is exactly what Ed was saying. Pick things that you are passionate about and they don't have to be your ideas. You can find things. Now, if you're going to write about somebody else's stuff and you don't have the rights to it, you have to, that's a whole different conversation, but be inspired, you know, by other things and be true to it. That's the thing. So when I write horror, cause that's a majority of what I write these days, like, man, I don't, you know, I, I completely agree with Quentin Tarantino. I know I reference him a lot. It's because I watched that documentary and really enjoyed what he said, but he doesn't say, you know, they always say, don't borrow steel, steal, steal, steal. Why? Because that's how film is done here. 
they've done this combination has allowed them to steal some of the great things from anime the great stories the great yeah, movements yeah. this is one there's there's probably a dozen other animes that follow this pattern of the mm. you know the the daughter or the son of the mm. the maker of the of the sword maker yeah. who comes across yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like there's all these elements it's very hero's, hero's journal exactly hero's and that's what i mean but clearly the person that made that knew that story and knew Star Wars and loved mm. Star Wars. And see, that's what I mean. Like, don't try to write about something you hate. There's enough stuff out there, guys. Write about something you love. Write about something yeah. you're passionate about. Even if you don't have the rights to it, like, we, we live in the era where you can literally film your own Star Wars and put it up on YouTube if you want, and you're not likely to get sued as long as you don't ask for money for it. You know what I mean? They, they'll allow you to create that. That landed people, That led, the guy who did Spider-Man, that landed him the job when he did that for mm -hmm. Spider-Man. He said, this is my version of Spider-Man. They said, okay, you can make the next Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about is that love yeah. for the lore. And this is why I, I had to have Ed on this show for this one, you know, and Ed's always on the show. But you know what I mean? Like, Ed had to do the talking on this show because this is what he's passionate about. Like, he walks around in rebel gear. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I do. I do. I wear Star Wars shit all it's the so time. Cool. I'm wearing this is the way right now, by the way. No, but, but I mean, last week was a good example of, of something. And I forget just how jointly passionate we are about martial arts as well. You know, Ed went, yeah. when we went to Rumford Horror Fest, Ed was wearing his Bruce Lee pants. You know what I mean? And, it, you know, I had completely not donned last week. It was only when I was listening to the podcast because yes folks i do that I, I i record with ed and then two days later because i miss him so much i will listen to him at home and be like oh i miss Aww. him but Aww. what i forgot to mention remember we had that that discussion about the bruce lee we we loved bruce lee like when oh, we were in yeah, korea yeah. this was our thing he's yeah. ed saw me we were in china where you can just buy every pirated dvd that you ever saw so <laughs> you know what i mean we didn't know they were pirated they look legit to us so, you know, we were shopping for DVDs and stuff, and I picked up, like, the Bruce Lee collection, and it had every one of his films. And I was like, I didn't know you liked him. I'm like, I fucking love Bruce Lee. Are you kidding? Like, mm -hmm. this has got all his Fist of Fury, Enter the Dragon. You know, it had everything. It even had that one that he never finished. You know what I mean? It was in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we have a long... And we also we also connected on with the, with, with the animation, right? Like Studio you, you, Ghibli, yeah. You said to me, dude, they have, like, a whole Studio Ghibli, like... Uh, Thing. And I'd watched like uh, you know Spirited Away and and some of their kind of like big hits in the in the early two thousands mm. stuff, but I like it, it, my eyes were like oh my god and I bought it. And I, yeah, I mean if I you watch Star Wars for, for like a decade, if you are Star Wars Visions was awesome, but I know nothing about Japanese anime. I want to know more. Start with Studio Ghibli. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I, they're not the most action-packed guys, but they are. Was, let, can, can I ask you a question? What was your kind of? What was your first intro to to, to anime and stuff? Like that? Hmm. Couple different ways. There used to be. Okay, mm. so the real way I remember watching anime, the thing that got me into buying the movies, yeah. was okay. This is actually a semi-cool story. So okay. back home, like in America, right, is a bit different from England. We don't have, like, we only used to have, like, pay channels with commercials, right? So, yeah, and generally yeah. it's based on the reception of your antenna. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, you could have five mm. channels, you could have 20. It depends on where you live because it all yeah, has right. to do with the satellite reception. Or not the satellite, yeah. but the antenna reception and things like that. So, I believe in Cincinnati where I lived, you could get, like, 11 channels. But there was, like, mm -hmm. this 12th one. And it was like, mm -hmm. it only came in at certain people's... Exactly, because you could <laughs> only amazing. get it at certain people's houses. So I had like three friends that could get this channel. Oh, um, and on okay. Friday nights, 
they played anime, like any anime. And so, I mean, it was everything. So I, I remember watching Robot Carnival there once, but then the next weekend it was Crying Freeman, which is basically a bunch of people stripping oh. off clothes and killing each other. Like, yeah, it was yeah. wild. Like, there was all how old, how old were you? I was like like 11, you know what I mean? So like, oh my, oh my God, God, like this is blowing my mind. Like, first of all, it was like boobs yeah, on TV yeah. as well. I was like, oh my God, boobs. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, after yeah. I got over that, it was like, I've never seen anything like this before. So... When I became a teenager, that's when I started buying the videos. And so I think okay. the first one that I got was they used to have that program in America. You could send away for it and you got your first video was Akira. And it was all done by – it wasn't when Manga owned it. It was before Manga. The, whatever company owned okay. all the rights to this stuff before Manga yeah, came yeah. around, they would send you a video every two weeks. And I, I remember gotcha. I only ended up getting four videos this way before I just stopped the subscription and went to the store and bought my own. But – yeah, I, first yeah, one was Akira, so Akira is probably the first oh. like VHS that I watched, and I mean I I didn't understand it the slightest, but was blown what away. What an what an incredible. I mean this that was the, that was an error for this because at the same time, Ed, the funny thing about this at the same time, my uncle had gotten me into heavy metal, which was Western cartoon, and that is one of the yeah, only yeah, yeah, adult yeah. cartoons you can find, at least yeah, from that yeah, era. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so yeah. I was really into this stuff, and so I watched Akira, but then the second one that came from, I think had more of an impact on me because it taught me what you could do with anime and it was called barefoot gen barefoot gen is the story is is about a little boy um who grows up in hiroshima Mm. at the time of the bomb and it literally is just a representation 48 hours of his life before the bomb and after the bomb and it Mm. i mean i'm getting goosebumps now because it it really blew it's really graphic and it's really yeah. sad, but I'd never seen it. That a t- makes me think of um, uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, that was the like, that was the later none, one. It's that is the that is the one uh, film that I, I truly believe they could never have filmed that live action. No, because it's so heart destroying. No, no, no. I mean, Barefoot Gen is the same way because obviously, yeah. when you have animation, you can show people's flesh being ripped off and stuff like that yeah, by a blast, yeah, 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 like. Yeah. And I guess and that's what they get. They get creative with their kills. Yeah, their and it's Japan. funny that you're talking about that other. What was the other one again? You just mentioned uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Because by the time that came out, which was I think four yeah. or five years later, like I was just buying yeah. it all the time. You know what I mean? I was yeah. literally like. I got really into the ones that were based on video games. So I was a massive fan of the Fatal Fury series. Like the Fatal Fury, the movie is still one of my favorite animations of all time. Like it's just so good. It's classic. It's a classic story. You know what I mean? So, but I I mean, I was really into dude. I used to have a tape, like a tape deck, a cassette tape that I had, I had literally recorded the audio off of some of my favorite animes, like the songs and some of the phrases. And I had like a mixtape. Of like this, and if if you do know me, and, and most people on this podcast would have no idea about this, but it is something that I do. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm very good at mixing things together because I just I'm a mad scientist with stuff like that. And so I, I used to have this, and I play it in the car. People would be like, "What the fuck is this?" I'm like, "Dude, this is like the mm. best of Japanese animation, man." That's so cool, man. I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons why I picked the Trigun like opening. Right, right. Yeah, like this we had such a bonding over that until until unfortunately we got the copyright notice. And we're like, all right, we'll we'll fix it. We're sorry. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You know, we we, we were. We, it's not like we make any money from dirty. 20 guys yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay so so if you had to gun to your head pick three animated they could be movies or, or series what what would they be for you okay so easily on the list is spirited away because it's one of the only okay. animes i've managed to catch 
in the cinema. I caught it here in the cinema recently. Like, it came back to mm. IMAX 4K. I mean, it blew me away, right? Oh. Right? Oh. Right? Like, boom. Oh. Had to see it. Had to see it. That was amazing. That was, that was during COVID as well. I remember that was uh, that was because they all during COVID, they had to find, like, things people could watch. So I'm pretty sure it was released right. a couple I, years ago. Yeah. But they IMAXed yeah. it 4K. I mean, I was in heaven. I was like, oh, my God. And we, I remember we went to Star Wars as well. We went to watch, like, uh, Empire Strikes Back. That they, It was the same thing. Yeah. They needed shit to show. Yeah, you gotta, gotta show something. Which I like, man. I'm, I'd be willing to no, 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 and Cineworld like, does that. Like, so, that, so, so if you're looking for theaters that do that, obviously, like the Prince Charles and some of the indie theaters, but Cineworld will do that. I caught the best I've seen of that was I finally got to see Young Frankenstein that way, and it had, oh, and even shit. had like a, a, a twenty second, like it wasn't twenty seconds, it wasn't very long, but it had an intro by Mel Brooks. He was on the oh. studio, kind of like being like, "Hi, everybody." Oh. And it was like, I love Mel Brooks. So, you know, as long as he's still with us, poor guy. Like, I'm always like, oh, poor Mel, he's getting so old. Okay, so Spirited Away. Spirited Away, definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. hmm, You're going to have to give me time on this. Oh, number two and number three. Ghost in the Shell. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, that had such an influence on so many different things. But but the other thing is the fact that it doesn't actually, you know, I'm reading this book on it right now, um, which was given to me by free by the the Fright Fest people. So thank you very much for that. Nice. Um, I know. I love their freebies. Um, And it talks about like a lot of people think the Matrix is this this lovely like mirror of Ghost in the Shell. Mm. Guys, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Like, don't get me wrong. The Wachowskis loved Ghost in the Shell and they tried to incorporate lots of elements of it but the character and i can't remember her name now kusagari i think it is the main character i mean the major right yeah it was part of the reason i didn't like the scarlett johansson version because in the scarlett johansson version all right the ghost in the shell kusagari is forced to do what she does she's 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 you know this is this is a requirement they they put this backstory in there in the original film guys you don't know like she's just this I mean, that's kind of one of the glorious things about japanese animation is often you don't know well and, don't and, and it, because it changes like and, and, and it's not just because the book's talking about this I, I definitely agree with the arguments the book is making like but yeah, it yeah. changes the perspective on things in in ghost in the shell there is this isolation she feels like she's an, a, a robot but she's not a robot is she part of society is she not part of society yeah. and yeah, she's forever yeah. distant from all of that because she's decided to become this you know, machine with a brain, with a human yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. what they changed for that with the Scarlett Johansson version is saying, well, she was forced to do that. And like, that makes mm-hmm. such a difference to say yeah, it's not her choice. And so yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah. what I loved about Ghost in the Shell was, was this kind of like, what would the world be like if you were like this? What is, you know, it does hit on some of the same concepts as the Matrix when talking about AI and what's the difference mm-hmm. between artificial intelligence and real intelligence. And is there any mm-hmm. real difference? You know, things like that. However, I just like... Yeah, like it's one of the things I have to dispel. Like the the, the 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 you know Trinity would be the one that they they did definitely did the movie poster with Trinity mm. looking like Ghost in the Shell. But yeah. what I would challenge you to do is compare Trinity to the lead character in Ghost in the Shell. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really funny I think about it, but Trinity is one of the worst used actresses characters of the 90s because i, I, I kind of agree she I'm she be- that they're going to redeem her in the fourth. i think they will because we live in a more modern world because what ended up happening one of the reasons you hated trinity by the end of the matrix is because she's this really you know she's a you know what's the term now boss ass bitch right like she's awesome she's yeah. she's hardcore yeah. she beats them all but then immediately at the end she of it she the you know the opening stress. scene yeah. it even happens and she has to go running for cover to the men and it's like no man yeah. like yeah, dude yeah. she could whoop ass it's definitely it's definitely a film of its time <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean i don't think that's what i mean i don't think there was anything untoward about that other than that's how stories were written at that time and we've learned mm-hmm. that 
that's not everyone's story. That is one story. And some people will be like that, but a character like her is usually, you know, take her, you know, it was funny too, the way they compared that with Jada Pinkett Smith's character and how that was never an issue for her either. But anyways, so Ghost in the Shell would be number two. Oh, only one left. Were you like a neon uh, Evangelion fan or... Ah, so let's go to a show then. Yeah, my favorite show. Wow. Of recent watching, my favorite show... Mm. Oh, that's tough. I went four, Ed. I went two shows. Go, do it. Claymore. I need four as well. Claymore because I picked up Claymore. Claymore. I I picked up Claymore. It was a box set. It was in the anime section and it was... It was mine. Like that. That's literally yeah. how I bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone had told me it was really good. Like someone had said. Yeah, like yeah. I'd read an article that said Claymore is awesome. It is. Like it's really yeah. good. Um, yeah, and it yeah. just is. It's a you know. It's a weird saga about these like demon girls that have to fight other things. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Like just watch it. It has so many different aspects <laughs> to it. Um, You've been talking about that for a while. And then yeah. like you know, I'd love to say Attack on Titan, but it's not. It's One Punch Man. I loved, oh, okay. cool. I loved yeah, yeah, One yeah, yeah. Punch Man. Only because, yeah. again, it shows you what you can do with anime. Like, it was yeah. such a weird show. So, and I heard yeah. the second season was terrible. But the first season... Yeah, it wasn't as good, yeah. I, I never watched it. But the second, you know, the first season, like, it, it just cracked good, me up yeah. to have this guy that was, was, like, really infinitely good. powerful, but just could care less. Like, he was like, oh, yeah. sucks me. This. <laughs> and it so fit, like that version of Japanese society that they were showing. You know what I mean? Like it so fit yeah. the environment that he was in. So Yeah. So yeah, if I had to give tops that's 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 only a couple though, and it's because I'm on the spot. Like, man, there's so many good ones. I'm sorry, yeah, sorry, because I've been thinking about it all day. <laughs> no, no, I mean other good ones I've caught in the past, like Attack on Titan is good. I just yeah, don't think yeah. it's as good as everyone says it is because I, I it's too nihilistic for me at times. Like yeah. You always have these I, moments I where they're doing that. well and then it just all goes to shit again. And it's like, I get mm. tired of the all goes to shit moments. I'm like, all right, it's like a zombie apocalypse, man. Like, come on, like, yeah. let them win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, I would probably say uh, Dragon Ball was, was my first introduction into kind of anime and, and that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm going to cheat here and I'm going to say Dragon Ball and Saint Seiya. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, Saint Seiya, which one's that? Saint Seiya, it was really popular in France, and because I grew up in Spain, things that would become popular in France sometimes would come to Spain. Mm. And um, it's uh, a really cool story about um, these guys who wear armor that correspond to different like constellations. Oh, okay. And they play in this tournament to 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 fight against each other. Of course, like so many shows, it went on for too long and got like really crazy. You know, um, same same with Dragon Ball. Like for me, the original like Dragon Ball when he's a, when Goku's a little kid, it was cute. It was funny. It was like really weird and wacky. Um, it's it's still it's one of those it's one of those un unopened chests to me. Like I've never seen any of them, any of them whatsoever. I, I mean, honestly. It, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, you know how somebody tells you, oh, there's this great show, and then you're like, how many seasons are there of it? And you're like, yeah, there's like five. Yeah, I know, because there's Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball GT. And, and yeah, the other thing you have to remember is like, so talking about the way animation was in the 90s, right? So mm-hmm. the 90s and early millennium in America. Like, I worked at a movie store, as as does every freaking filmmaker that I ever meet, that we all worked at movie stores. Um, and And, man, people lined up every week to pre-order the Dragon Ball Z stuff because it came out video yeah. by video. And I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. we had other stuff that people used to do this, but the crowd for Dragon Ball Z was always the largest. And I mean, they would pre-order big, right? every episode that was coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I just I couldn't understand it. I was like, is this really this good, guys? They're like, oh man, it's the best. It's the best thing ever. It was very it was very zeitgeisty. For some reason, it it just caught people's imaginations and stuff like that. Saint Seiya less so, uh, but in Spain, it was it was very 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 cool. Very cool. Um, Then I would say Akira because it's I saw it at the movie theater, and it was just mind-blowing um, to see that my brother took me it's one of the reasons why I love my brother to bits because you know I was like what 10 maybe you know and he took me to watch that and I, I loved it can, can I ask you can I ask you a question though because I, I do mm. find I found this difficult at first why do you think it's such an amazing film because when I first watched it I wasn't convinced I was like ah it's weird and I loved weird I think, stuff yeah I think it was the first adult um manga that i watched okay like it was the first time that it wasn't like a kid show because that's that's it was still you know dragon ball and saint Seiya were presented as kid shows absolutely so that was my that was my introduction to to that world but then i was like holy shit you can do that like with animation that's that's epic because of course you know your mind boggles you could draw anything you know you could and they kind of do in Akira, you know, because it does get proper weird at the end. Well, you know me, I, I always <laughs> you know? ask a question with an agenda, and that was kind of part of the agenda of what I'm talking about. Like, the great thing about Akira is it's, I think, the perfect example of what you can do in animation that you cannot do in, in film. Like, I would challenge an MCU film. That, I mean, they are making Akira. I think Tom Cruise is slated to be in it. Like, uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh. No, I think everybody is because what's the point? Like, the whole point of Akira, yeah. the story is not amazing in Akira, guys. Like, no. no. It's like, not. it's weird. It doesn't make sense. It, yeah. The whole point is that you're going to see things. You're going to see a Neo-Tokyo that I just yeah. not, you know, it's like Blade Runner style. Like, it's once yeah, in a yeah, lifetime. Science fiction. I think, I think that's, that, that's what it was for me. It was, it was my opening to, like, cyberpunk. Mm. and that kind of like neo tokyo like you say you know like just all of that which and don't get me wrong like for you know putting it out there as the producer like for akira the movie live action Mm. what they need to do is ditch the spectacle like honestly because you're not gonna be able to recreate like you know what is it uh kaneda you know doing the things that he does or or the you know ending scenes where that kid just blows up you know what i mean like those kind of things, that's why anime was so interesting to, to guys like Ed and I, because it was like, I guess you can represent that now, because no one knew how to do Honestly, it. Honestly, the bikes. The, the bike yeah, bikes, and I would do lots like of, like, character. The thing that you yeah, don't yeah. get out of the, the anime is there's not a lot of character. Like, you yeah, have cool yeah, people, but they're all set pieces for this, yeah. this massive fight. I think Akira does, does I think you're right in that it's also kind of, the perfect example of a Japanese film in the sense that the ending's a little weird, sometimes the story doesn't make a lot of sense. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it kind of prepares you for other other films it's, and other it's, series it's that a type are a little of, bit out there. It's a type of Japanese artistry that I'm I'm being bold by saying that I find that many Western filmmakers and artists are afraid to go to. Yeah, they, they're they're afraid 100%. because because we all get told, especially by guys like me, by producers that say, no, 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 no. You have to do Save the Cat. You have to follow this. The Japanese are comfortable enough to say, no, I believe on its merits. People will watch yeah. this and will, yeah. will you know. <laughs> it does mean that you get some films that you're like, whoa, that was just too weird for me. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but but you also get gems. And, and I think that Vision's is a microcosm of that right yes there are a couple in there oh god and i, I need one more for my like, list i need one more for my yeah, list go on. 
on. So Genesis, Genesis, only because I'd played the video game as a kid mm. on the NES, Golgo Thirteen. Mm. Mm. Oh, oh my yeah, god yeah, yeah, like yeah. that was yeah. probably because that's, that's a, a really it's a dirty and dark film but like yeah. if you love yeah, james yeah. bond and you want something slightly dirtier yeah. than james bond like this goes all the way it had 100%. i mean it, it basically sets you up to love metal gear and metal gear solid yeah. because that that yeah, yeah, i yeah. find that was like the evolution of golgo 13 but i remember yeah. playing golgo 13 on nes and it was a shit game mate you like you walked around this town <laughs> you had to jump kick people but it had yeah. mazes it had all these different parts to it it was nothing like yeah anything i was playing at the time and so i was glued to it i like my mom laughed because it was a shit game but i wouldn't play anything else i kept playing this and then Mm. like much later because it's a very adult movie i saw the movie and i mean the movie's grim like it's 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 awesome and grim hard it's like hard boiled it reminds me of like the hong kong yeah yeah you know and you you have all the different killers but then there's all those weird like sex scenes and stuff like like there's just weird shit all over in that film and, and I they mean, do like amazing shit with the ca- with the camera, you know, the perspective. That was it. It was like action movie done, which you can't do in an action movie. Let me take yeah, let yeah, me yeah. take the camera from a sniper bullet. Mm, like yeah, yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah. right? Like oh yeah, my it god! It took like oh 20, 30 years for for like Hollywood to catch up. Yo, um, sorry, I just had to get would, it in there. No, hundred percent. Good, good, good call out. Then I would put in uh, Vampire Hunter D: Bloodlust. Okay, which is the second Vampire Hunter D. Um, I remember watching that. My brother had this friend who uh, who was very into his anime, and he had a whole collection, including the weird, like, sex demon ones. Um, uh, yeah, that's, um, I, I have them. They're downstairs. Uji, Ujiga. It depends if you have the uncut or the normal version. Yeah, Jesus, those are weird. So that, that sits in the collection of, you know, films that are so gross, no one should watch them. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. But, you know, the Takeshi Miike ones are also, like... Well, and, and listen, like, the first I, I like, the first like Udoshi, like, whatever it's called, like, I love yeah. the nihilism of it. Like, there, there's yeah, tons yeah, yeah. of ridiculous tentacle sex throughout the whole thing, right? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, in the first one, like, they make it seem like there's a way out. Like, they, they have, like, yeah, a girl yeah. and a guy, and they're, like, boyfriend and girlfriend, and he's the one that keeps going crazy, but she's going to calm him down. And then, like, literally 10 seconds before the end, it just all goes to shit and the, and the world's over. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. what? Like, what? Yeah. Like, did you just kill everyone in the world? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we just did. And demons are so demons are fucking yeah. them right now. And it's like, oh, my God, why are you doing For this? Me it was, I don't know if it's the second or the third one where they build, like, a, a, a machine to open a gate to hell by, like, fucking these women that are like you know stuck to the machine yeah you know what i mean it just and that, that's the other so thing the, the other reason about the early shiduji that i like is the battles in that now when you're not dealing with the weird sex scenes yeah. the battles are very there's, there's typical of like japanese and that's why i was going to bring up one of my favorite on this list is the twins because that the twins had the twins had those epic battle sequences that i love mm. you know what i mean and and they're they're like dragon ball z kind of stole the thunder from yeah. everyone else on this but i'm telling you like it's a it's a trope of anime they have these like yeah, yeah. massive powers epic, and epic it's it's it, you know it's from a country that, that, that thinks yeah. of kaijus in other words they turn people yeah. into kaijus without making them big unless you want to watch the giver in which case that's people turning into kaijus basically yeah 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 so, that, i remember watching the live action movie yeah it was on hbo for the that longest time that was the first time i caught it and then i managed to catch it like in the, i went saw it on hbo because my parents always you know hbo skinamax and showtime we always had them yeah, um, yeah. and then i went in the video store and i ended up buying out like the first seven episodes of the giver on vhs because okay. i wanted to watch okay. it and i mean it was just Again, it's another really weird, awesome show. Like, you know, just yeah, bizarre. Yeah. And they create these massive monsters out of people. 
I remember. Uh, uh, my final, final choice, I think, would be uh, the film that you mentioned that I got for, for Becky as a gift, which is Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. Um, it's it's described as a Hitchcockian film, which I think is is very apt, um, but with an anime twist, which which I recommend anyone to watch. It's about a young girl who's a, basically like a pop idol, and she has a stalker. Uh, and it's all about like that's what I mean like even the setup is that's Hitchcock he never complicated the one thing I love about Hitchcock and the thing I always forget when I'm writing my own stories is he was simple like he never wanted a complicated (laughs) story he never wanted to make it about you know aliens werewolves or whatever it was like Mm. what what's happening down your street you know what I mean what's what's going around around the corner from where you are yeah 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 uh, what, what about, about for you in terms of visions? visions uh, do, do you have like a favorite that you watch? So, I mean, I love The Duel, right? That's why I said hold off on that one because The Duel obviously is such a throwback to Seven Samurai. It literally is. Yeah, like, yeah, basically, so cool. and that's why they did it first, I think, because I think Lucas wanted, George Lucas, I always call him Lucas. George Lucas wanted to make sure people understood, like, he he has always recognized his roots. And, he, you know, people yeah. are like, oh, you stole this from Seven Samurai. He's like, of course I did. Like, are you kidding? Like, I loved yeah. Kurosawa. I mean, it's the, you know, it's the whole, uh, hidden fortress with with r2d2 and c3po you know they're literally the two characters from from hidden fortress you know like and he's and you're absolutely right he's never hidden from that like he's always said no, why would you you know what i mean like it's 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 part of what makes his films and and the things he does good you know is because he has this love of kind of the history in the background to what he's doing you know if you don't have that it shows guys like if you make something without understanding you know what you're looking at it really does show um, and I, I was about to point out some specific examples and I'm like, no, I might know those filmmakers, so maybe I won't. But, <laughs> but you know, you go back to kind of the original trilogy and you see the way lightsaber fights were, and it's very clearly inspired by, by the samurai, you know, as opposed to kind of what they became later, which were very kind of acrobatic and, and, and big and stuff, which, which I love. And there were some amazing uh, lightsaber duels. Uh, I don't know if you've caught The Elder yet. No, it's next one on my list. A, there is a wicked a lightsaber duel in, in, in that. I've got, I've got, that's, that's a sad thing. As I said, you know, needs must. I, I'm, the last three I still have to watch. So I just finished. I said I watched T-O-B-Y. Is it T-O-B-B-1? It's T-O-B-1. Yeah, because I kept hearing Obi-Wan. And I was like, is this Obi-Wan? But my daughter watched that with me. And that is obviously the throwback to Astro Boy. Um, I don't know if it's yes. the I don't know if it's the same animator, but it, obviously it wouldn't be because Astro Boy is ancient. But um, it is yeah. his his school. What, what's really interesting about that is that at first I was not digging it. I was like, okay, this is this is you know one not for me. And then it got really goddamn. That's right. I, you know, for me, it's the story that's more important on that one, Ed, because they retcon yeah. the droids. Like that's one of the worst yeah, yeah, things yeah. about Star Wars is we do tend to have like droids were a great creation in the seventies because. No one had really seen robots do it, but it is now 2020, guys. Like we know what robots can do. They need to like modernize. And I found this was it. It was the it was the Pinocchio story. You know what I mean? It was it was Geppetto and Pinocchio. And yeah, so yeah. that's the easiest way to do it. You know what I mean? Is is to just kind of make them what we would think they would be now, which would be more human. You know what I mean? Than, yeah, than before. Yeah. I mean, I just uh, like because uh, at one point he like powers up as well he gets like another droid to like join with him and he gets like a booster and, and he's like wielding a lightsaber like it, if somebody had explained that episode to me i would have been like i'm not gonna enjoy this thing but honestly i think it's 
one of my dark horses. That's what anime does, though, because you you get along with the cutesy. I mean, he's a kid. He's a he's a little baby kid, and you shouldn't like it. It sounds so. I don't know, like just so not up our alley. Something, something that you, like, you know, my daughter would watch, not I would watch. And, they, and they, they, there's like a lot of like noises and like little people. Right, it's all very kidsy, like, all very yeah, kidsy. Very, and, very. Kidsy. And that's why, like, I was happy that was the one we was watching with with my daughter because, like, well, at least this one you can get into. But that was how it evolved so quickly because all of a sudden we're both on the edge of our seat. Like, what's going to happen to this kid? Like, mm. and you, you talked a lot about uh, Tatooine Rhapsody. So yeah, I would say, yeah. you know, I I can't really, I mean, I like them all, the ones that I've seen up to that episode. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 I, I told Ed, I fell asleep slightly to the Ninth Jedi, which was a shame. I'll probably watch it again because it was, that looked like a really awesome story. But, you know, I would say early on after the duel, I was, I was prized. And so you had mm. Tatooine Rhapsody and then you had mm. the twins, which are probably my two favorite episodes. Interesting. I didn't, I had a little bit of an issue with, with the twins but that's my interior like mm. yeah no i want to hear about it because for me it was like an origin story you were like telling the, the it was almost like the creation of the force because you had you know it, twins are always done as origin stories the, the most famous being romulus and remus obviously or the, mm. the origins of, of roman of rome come from that mm. but this was being told in a much a similar way that they used to be connected and then something has happened mm. now to break them apart and the break-off has created this massive rift between light and dark and I just, I love that. Like, that kind of story yeah. to me. So, but, yeah. and I'm not, I just want to know, like, what were the internal qualms then? Like, not that I'm going to, like, rebut them. I just want to hear. No, 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 no yeah. Uh, so, so, like, I, I like that angle. I think, though, they're, like, Imperials. They have stormtroopers with them, mm. you know? So then it kind of connects it to, to the Imperial. And then why would these two hugely powerful characters not have been around for anything that's you know, happened during the Imperium and stuff like that. Um, I also just, when they're, they're like in space without anything protecting them, mm -hmm. I was like, nah, okay, magic, right? I guess that's, well, that's and the that, answer to it. Yeah, and I, and I said I wouldn't rebut, right? But you knew I was going to. No, I mean, I'm not going to rebut, but, but it's it's the repetition of history kind of thing I think they, they were doing mm. with that. Almost like, this is why The Matrix is going to be awesome, guys. Because The Matrix set that out as a possible idea for a story, and it works because a lot of the stories we have are actually reincarnates, right? So that's the idea mm. is that we're never actually telling a new story. We're actually telling an old story that hasn't been told in a while. So when you sit around the campfire, in other words, when you talk to your friends, like this isn't the first time it's happened. It's the millionth time it's happened. It's just you don't remember the previous one. So my view with the twins, Ed, and, and again, it's not a rebut. It's just how I kind of rationalize what you're saying was like, maybe like, maybe it is like Rome. Maybe there was a great civilization before it, it collapses yeah, yeah. to form light and dark. And then we go on to the old Republic and things like that. Maybe this is like, right. And, and I only think that because, you know, the other thing I thought is, is all the crossover that you could do with yeah. these episodes so i was thinking because yeah. that's how it's done in zelda uh, the legend of zelda mm. the legend of zelda is a tale that's told over and over and over again through multiple mm. generations and so you mm. have the first one which is the twilight you know not the twilight princess the um skyward sword and that's the mm -hmm. origin story of how link and zelda become link and zelda mm. but it's reiterated mm. obviously the the latest one breath of wind is is very far in the future it's like thousands and thousands mm. of years past all these different things and there's these splits that happen because of mm. you know events and so in one world there's a, a flood and it creates this version of zelda so right. that's where my mind went with that because i was thinking what a great crossover zelda would be mm. in star wars now <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, the thing is that I've, I've also watched all of Rebels and all of Clone Wars, mm. which deals with a lot of the origins of the Force, and it's all about a brother and a sister and a father and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But again, it's just me being picky on an episode that I enjoyed, like the battle, the... The, the the lightsaber stuff like the way it just kept growing no but and it's growing, you know that's like, why we get the two perspectives because I said I have no I don't I don't know anything about the lore like I just don't like it's it's my it's it's the thing that's always updating me on and, and I do find the lore really cool I just don't know it you know what I mean I haven't watched the episodes yeah and and I wouldn't expect most you know your average viewer to to, to do that I do like it though and they, and they've done it a couple of times in in Star Wars Visions where they connect things just very very subtly. You know, mm. um, like again, that kind of like acknowledging what's come before the source material and stuff like that. But it, again, dude, like it was cool. It had um, who were the voices? Uh, it was. Oh, you're doing better than me on this one. Yeah, no, Alison Brie and Neil Patrick this, Harris. This is what I loved about it. Is I just liked it. Like this is what I love about a 14 minute short. Like I don't know fuck all about who's in it. I just was like, <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't have to, and that's so glorious. It's it's what they wanted to do with that Quibi thing. Remember, remember, like Steven Spielberg was trying to sell you on an eight second video or something like that, and you're gonna love it or an eight minute video. Like this is what we're talking about. This works. Like give me shorts with a, with a, a definite story from start to end, and you can run them anywhere you, know, you want. Do you, do, you, do you know what I miss from the MCU? And I I think they've just grown in to do things a little bit differently but i really miss the one shots yeah the little shorts that would come on like dvds and stuff like that but they would explain like for example um all hail the king explain about the Mandarin, you know? and and that was the last one that was, was the very last one shot was all hail the king if yeah. I remember correctly. And, and it was a shame because there, there was some really cool ones i remember the one with the with the with the like weapon that they steal off that's the yeah that's a great one um you know a funny thing happened on the way to that's another yes. one you yeah, know what i mean like yeah, yeah. i mean they, they are classic it just seems like such a the anthology kind of way of doing it it, it feels like a really great way to test story ideas of where you might want to go and also to test like studios, crews, directors, you know, like, hey, can you can you make a product that, that you know, would would work? I think it's amazing. That's what I mean. Like, like springboarding anybody on this, you know what I mean? Because in, 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 that's the other reason this works is because with Visions, guys, you have the absolute variety. That's the other thing that's starting to become... It's creeping into that, guys, at least into writing. Like, watch comedies now. Comedies do not follow tracks like they used to. We're we're getting away, I guess, from the multi-season huge story arcs where characters are fixed and we only want to see one, you know, these, right, these right. huge arcs and we want to see them over three seasons or something as, like that. As, as amazing as Battlestar Galactica is... I'm not sure it would work. No, that's right. That's right. So that's the idea. Like, we, we loved Battlestar Galactica. We were so impressed by the ability to take that. And, you know, Game of Thrones is another one that's up there with it. These, these abilities to take these really big stories and kind of crescendo them into these massive story arcs. But I think we've kind of seen it now, done it now. Yeah. And, and what I'm seeing, and this is things like Mythic Quest. This is things like Ted Lasso. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of the, things like The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. The idea is that you have a central arc but then you have a million stories coming off of that. Yeah. Look at the MCU. It's, That's it's, literally the MCU's yeah. the, like, it's, thing it's, right it's now. The, it's the universe building, which I think can be so like fulfilling for a fan. You know? and, I, and I think it's just um, the next evolution because this is what we all yeah. wanted with Harry Potter. This is what we all wanted with Lord of the Rings. It just didn't happen because the source material was only expanded a, such a way. We'll have to see with Lord of the Rings. Like, obviously, they're mm. doing a new show 
on yeah. on um, uh, Amazon. Amazon right? I, yeah. I don't know. Like it's the kind of thing. Like, can you do new stuff with Lord of the Rings? Though that's that's kind of your Achilles heel these days. If you cannot mm. take the source material and drag it into something new, then you have a mm. bit of a problem now. Which is what they've done with Star Wars, Marvel. They've definitely done that. DC's trying to do that, but you have to be able to like put it, you know, take it with you, so to yeah. speak. See, this is this is kind of, and we we didn't talk about it either of us in the what we watched this week. But it's one of the reasons why I've held off on watching the foundation, um, because the foundation. We're so worried. Like, uh, yeah, and and you know, by extension, I imagine for you particularly, but Dune, you know. Yeah, yeah, that that's, that's Dune will be my foundation because I never read the. Yeah, I never right. read the foundation books, so I, I right. like for me it'll be a first time. But with Dune, like, yeah, I mean, it's out now, and people reviewed it. I've yeah. avoided the reviews. But from yeah. what I can tell, you know, from the headlines, is they've had to strip it down, which is what you'd have to do. Like, there's an right. awful lot in Frank Herbert's, especially if you've read up to, like, the eighth or ninth book, because it goes on for, like, 14 books. If you read further on, like, he just gets into all sorts of things that are too complicated. I, just, I, I wonder, would it not be better in a TV series? They tried that, though. So you had Dune. Dune was like a mini-series. So the first... And I always thought that was better than the David Lynch version, but people have you know varying views on that as well, saying, no, it wasn't as good. Because they did two of those. They did Dune and they did Children of Dune. Um, And those were both mini-series, so they ran, I think, two or three episodes each. Um, And they were sci-fi channels. Why were they? Low production value. Lower production value. Not really low, but like lower Mm. production value... But decently done and, and worth a watch. You know what I mean? If you, if you like Dune, did you feel that they kind of they, they included more of the story? Was it? Did it feel? That's like right. So that's why people. It? Some people. That's why at the time I preferred the sci-fi ones. And it was also the era it came out. And again, this is I keep going back to this two thousands when we were watching this really long epic stuff. We yeah, really yeah, wanted yeah, the yeah. meaty stories, and that's when that comes out as well. And it you know it made up for the problem I always had with the David Lynch version of Dune is the same. What everybody does is it doesn't make sense. Like doesn't really it follows aspects of the books but then it rushes through some other really important points and gets you to the end as fast as it can and you're like how did we get here the only thing you really remember is the fight with sting you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i mean and patrick stewart i was always like holy shit captain picard's in this yeah who does he play is he duncan idaho yeah that was another like okay so duncan idaho in the current one is played by jason momoa yeah, yeah, yeah. And that tells I'm you, and Jason Momoa is a much better choice for Duncan Idaho. <laughs> yeah. No offense, Patrick Stewart, but Duncan Idaho is like the I mean, fighter. Gravitas. He goes, he goes, no, but, you know what I mean? Like, he goes and fights with the Freeman. I'm like, what were yeah, you yeah, thinking? Yeah. Like, this guy looks like he'd be blown over by them, you know? Like, so, yeah, I mean, listen, like, the whole My Hope with Dune is it's so good that it inspires everyone to go out and buy the book. Because the book is an amazing space opera. Yeah. It goes on for, like, yeah. 14 you'll probably fizzle out by the fourth book but that's fine like i don't think he ever intended everybody to read all 14 of those Mm -hmm. books you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's just a great adventure and it it talks a lot about i think what people would find interesting about the books that may not be in the movie because it's very difficult to represent these things frank herbert had a big problem with religion like a huge Mm. problem with religion kind of the same problem i do the problem is he always found religions are fabricated for the needs of the people who make them and I just, oh, without trying to, like, get crucified for it, no pun intended, like, 
that's how I see things. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe it, science it, it, explains it, it everything in the world, you. but I, I yeah. definitely think religions are created for people who need to explain things a certain way, you know, and can't handle the fact that they don't know about something. And so... And those are big ideas. I think that that is part of what sci-fi is and should be, is, is the exploration well, of big ideas. it's always the joke about Dianetics, which is Ron L. Hubbard, and he always famously said, well, he was a sci-fi writer, and he said, if I wrote a religion, I'd be a millionaire, and that, of course, is what made him a millionaire, so... <laughs> Point. Jason think you're no i mean yeah, yeah. that's that's what i mean like like and and if you read dune you'd understand what he's because he actually takes it in a very almost middle eastern way because in the desert and so he uses the yeah, free men yeah, yeah. almost like you know like muslims and he talks yeah, about yeah, yeah. how they have to do things a certain way and how that's because it controls them and makes makes it so they can do this and the harkonnens are another kind of way because they do this so that's all the stuff that the book will give you that i i would not put that in the film why because it's so right. confusing otherwise like how do you represent that how do you how do you emotionally show someone what that is how do you put right. that kind of theory in someone's yeah. mind yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny, funny because, because Foundation is has some similarities in that it's based on the fall of the Roman Empire. Okay. And uh, and there's this character, Harry Seldon, that um, is a mathematician and he develops a field of mathematics which is basically predicting the future. Yeah, this is the trailer where he's like, I will tell yeah. you how everything's going to, yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And but but what what's really interesting and, and if we if we do a, a podcast on it, if it's amazing, please be amazing. Um, I, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll go into more depth about it and stuff. But what's very interesting is that the way Asimov wrote it is it was released monthly in a magazine. And so it's basically an, uh, like a, a, an anthology of short stories all about this foundation that's set up to basically shorten the Dark Ages between the fall of the empire and the rise yeah, that, that's that's the funny thing about north. asimov isn't it most people think he wrote these novels like no he wrote short stories i robot like don't watch that fucking mm. movie don't get me wrong the movie's not bad it's just it has yeah. nothing to do with the book like the, i think that was yeah. the sequel is is where i robot comes in the first book yeah. is a collection of stories about robots yeah. you know like yeah, because that's what he did he, did, he was a ma he was a magazine writer yeah I mean, like, like we found out in mythic quest right no. which was such a great oh but you don't understand the geek geekgasm i had to that episode and that was Part yeah, of me yeah. wanted to be those people. You know what I mean? That was yeah, that was yeah, in a different yeah. life that would have been where I was. Sci-fi writer. You know, sci-fi yeah. writer on a monthly magazine or something like that. Who knows? Maybe in the future for me someday. Um, Just to warn you, we're over one hour 20. No, I know. I, I've got... Just luckily, because we're, we are recording from home because, you know, in, in other news, my daughter has COVID. She's fine, guys. Everybody, she's fine. She She's bouncing off the walls and she's one of those one in three kids that is showing no symptoms. So knock on wood. Nice. That long contention. Sorry that had to be in the podcast, but it's for her good luck as well. But no, I can see the timer right here, Ed. So. Cool. Because I like, I still want to talk about some of the voice talent. Yeah, um, I think we need to go on a little bit further. There were so many good things about this, and I'm not kidding. That we're trying to give you the background to why we loved it so much. But this is like mind blowing stuff. This this Star Wars yeah. visions, really really cool. It, it, like it just it scratched an itch as the, as a Star Wars fan. Like I've never really had scratched. Yeah, Apart I mean, from maybe like with some of the novelizations, like Tales Tales from the Tatooine Cantina, for example, which is a, again another anthology of stories, but about you know characters that you saw in the background or, or stuff like that. Just, well, it, it, it's I, I because like like I felt Ed because I'm a narcissist and I say this about everything, but I felt like they made one episode just for me, mm. and that was Tatooine uh, Rhapsody, yeah. because yeah. like every <laughs> element of that story was like me. 
was like, I love the music, I love the band. That was like, that was me. Like, it was all about like, the band has to stay together, man. Like, that's just me, guys. I loved loved it because it it really did, you know, that maxim of any story can be a Star Wars story. Uh, And and I read a a quick article about uh, one of the producers because he wasn't too sure about this episode. And it turned around, it turned him around completely. It's now his. Oh favorite. my god! Like like the, the first of all the singing. I I sorry Joseph Gordon Levitt. I thought originally it was yeah. Jared Leto because Jared Leto would do something like this. And so right, 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 right. I you know I was blown away first by like that part, like the the singing and, and that part that they really got in. But at the attention to detail, like the fact that the job of the hut. You know, the hut had a nose ring. Like I just love yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. so G- well thought out. G- <laughs> Played by Bobby Moynihan, by the way, uh, who who we both love. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was awesome, and just the fact that he was a hut that didn't want to follow in the family business. Yeah, you know, right. Like totally my vibe. And and it and I loved that they went back to the pod racing kind of, which is to, to this day the one. The redeeming thing of Phantom Menace, right? Two two things: Darth Maul and 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 the pod race for me are. I don't, and I don't know. Things. Can I just be honest? The problem with Darth Maul is he doesn't age well. Like he takes you back to that place where you listen to new metal in the '90s or in the new millennium, and you're like, "Ooh, he does. He definitely looks like he could have been in Limp Bizkit." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I could, I could see that. What I will say is that the the animated shows made him so much more of a fleshed out character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, just, just everything about him is is amazing. But not if you only watch the Phantom Menace. No, I mean, I think even in the commentary, because that's when I have listened to the commentary, I think they talk about that a lot of stuff was cut for him. And, and obviously, the, the the disappointment I had with the commentary, because I have that huge, as I said, Star yeah, Wars day, and they managed to find set. me and get my money. <laughs> Uh, and it, it is scary, it is beautiful like it is it is i mean I, I even though i don't like the films particularly i still love the set like i still oh, think no. it's gorgeous that is that is a mm, you know what i mean like i'd have it anyway just because yeah. it's gorgeous you know what i mean that's so nice, that's like a nice watch but, or, or or a nice car you know? yeah do you know what i mean it's, it's nice just something to have the same reason i've got the briefcase yeah. of james bond films behind me you know what i mean so yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. the commentary they talked about briefly and i think there was more to it that they cut a lot of scenes with him in it like because they had it was already like two hours and 12 minutes long so they couldn't really have a whole lot more and it, it shows like he was definitely someone that needed something like a save the cat or a kill the cat moment you know what i mean so you could get behind him and be like oh this is who he is yeah. instead he's yeah. just kind of the dude with the sword Right, with the, with a double cool bladed sword, but yeah, that's pretty much what it is. But yeah, Tatooine Rhapsody. I mean, Joseph Gordon Levitt yeah. doing the vocals on that one, and and in, I would encourage you if you liked his vocals on that one, you have to have to have to watch because I've just watched the latest episode mm. plus all of them. Mr. Corman, like it's a Mr. great Corman, show. Yeah. It's an absolutely yeah, great show. I knew, I knew you would. It's a, it follows trailer, the same like, format of this is a Jason. This well, is a Jason it, it follows the same format of all the other comedies we've been watching. That it it, it, it obviously the the middle arc is it's his life as a fifth grade teacher, but. You have episodes that aren't about him or about like his roommate. Mm. You had a, 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 a COVID episode, which I thought was was quite poignant, kind of talking about yeah. like the nerves and everything that come with COVID. Similar to that mythic yeah, yeah, quest, yeah. but just a little bit more personal because it was him. But then yeah. you also have yeah. these episodes like he he clearly isn't like an artist. You know, he's someone who oh, made music I love him to back when he was a I kid as well. And there's a bunch of episodes where he's like going through all that and going through yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But my favorite episode of Mr. Corman, just because we probably won't get to do a podcast on it, and you should watch it. There is an episode where he literally spends the entire episode about where would my life have gone. 
Mm. And I'm sorry, it's something that all men do. All men sit around and think, if I'd done this differently, had I done this? I don't know if women do it. I I won't speak for the female mind because I I don't understand Mm. it to this day. But for me, like, I do sit around and and do the what ifs. You know, like, oh, well, if I would have done that decision, what would have happened? And this is an entire episode of him saying, well, this is where I would have been and this is what I would have done. And it's really powerful because it's, it's... it, it's teaching him what, what you know that that he made the choices he made and it's okay like you know what i mean and yeah, so yeah. just that kind of like comedy slash drama is my bag like i just love that life affirming kind yeah, of like yeah, yes yeah. like the world is okay we'll be fine yeah, yeah, yeah. And, again, and again it feels like, like a modern kind of show do you know what i mean it's not a throwback it's not like it just feels like yeah i mean maybe when we say modern maybe it feels like more like our generation's voice maybe that's where it's coming from because i do feel like like our parents had their voice i want to say i remember it all with the big i kept telling you this like the big chill 30 something all these movies about becoming older and then being expected to know what to do with your life and not having a clue and and i just find like a lot of the stuff coming out now it's about like why would we have a clue like where is this clue that you're supposed to have and that's because that's the our forties as opposed to our thirties. That's where we're all at. You know what I mean? Like, mm. yeah, what is supposed to happen? You know what I mean? Like, are we doing things right? Are we not doing things right? Is this okay? Reflective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, mate. Any other uh, another shout out to another one that I watched? I mean, this is everyone mm. that we've watched, but the Village Bride was also really good. Like, yeah, it was cool. It, it, it I think it did that thing which, um, you know, Eastern philosophy does so much better than than Western, and that's like. You know, connecting, connecting with nature, nature and that's and right. I think that's where I liked it, Ed, because it, it takes it back to like I like those discussions on the force when you're talking about the force being actually mm. life force and like the energy that's yeah. around us and and yeah. talking more about what it's supposed to be, which is actually you know the yin and yang of everything. That's yeah. why there's light and dark, but it is yeah. that thing that runs through all of us. I don't particularly like when George Lucas gets into the mitochondrians bit. I'm like, no, like, I'm 100%. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't, don't I don't think, don't, don't try to, try to use yeah. science with it. Cause the whole point, Eastern philosophy works because they understand it's not science. It's yeah, a yeah. feeling. It's, it's, a, it's, in the world. it's an art, you know? And, and yeah, yeah. I just don't understand why in the West we have to explain everything. It's like, yeah, hundred percent. So, and yeah, I, that was a good episode for that. Was, I, you know, in lore wise, I was like, God, I better ask Ed about what this has to do with though. Cause I was like, are, is this after everything? Like, is it at the end? Like, cause it seemed like it was like, a, it seemed like this is where I was coming up with the Zelda analogy. It seemed like Breath of the Wild where you're literally like 2000 years after everything's happened and you're like looking yeah, back. I, I kind of liked that it was hard to tell. Yeah. You know, like if you see, if you, in Twins, there's stormtroopers behind it. Not like clone troopers, not, you know, anything else. Like you could you could tell, but in that episode there was nothing kind of really clear other than the fact that you had the um, the droids. Yes, because they they so clearly it was uh, between um, it maybe kind of in the bad batch kind of timeline, you know, where um, the Jedi have been hunted and they're all in hiding. Um, but the Empire hasn't really kind of taken control of, of everything, everything yet. Yeah. So that's that's probably where I would put it. But I love the whole, you know, connection with, like, they called it Magera, I think. Like, it, just a different name for the same thing. Right, you know? right. It just was cool. And, and, and I think the other thing it expands upon that, that Star Wars is finally starting to learn that they can do. Because Star Trek occasionally does this. Doesn't do it as much as they should. 
But listen, you're dealing with a universe, guys. Like a universe, a galaxy, okay? In Star Wars, it's a galaxy. They don't say it's the whole universe. They say it's a galaxy. But it's a galaxy which will have billions and billions of planets, right? Like, they're not all going to be the same. They're not all going to be connected. Like, there's always that one episode where they go and the people haven't discovered electricity or something like that. But you got to take it further than that. Like, thinking that there's just going to be one myth culture that runs through the entire galaxy. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? that's existed for, like... Thousands well, just thousands just look at the years. Earth. Like, do we have one Earth? Like, do we have one country here? Like, no, we've got how many one freaking philosophy? One yeah. even in America, we got fifty states. You know what I mean? That's it's like I, I get it, and I get for the purpose of storytelling, you can't go that crazy with it. But this was a good episode I, but, of being. But, but I, yeah, I, th- I think you're right though. In terms of like being able to, you can go that far if you want with with the visions. You know. Listen, um, if you've got if you've got if you've got Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, like you know, you should equally be able to create that in a galaxy, which are all centrally based on a similar stories on a, not the same God per se, but the same background myths. And Jesus, don't even get me started I mean, if you get into the more esoteric yeah, it, stuff, you know, like. Right, it's one of my it's one of my favorite things about Mandalorian is the fact that he follows this like creed, this religion, but actually. Not everyone follows the same kind of way. Right, you know what I mean? Like, and and that's that's what I'm talking about. It's just it's because we spent nine movies with like one through line, and 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 this is this is the the galaxy. This is the galaxy. You're like that can't possibly be the galaxy, guys. Like, there's too many people for it to do that. You know what I mean? People don't work that way. We're not we're not all Apple. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) some people like Apple. Some people like Samsung. That's the way it is. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. And just the, the last thing that I kind of wanted to mention was, um, like you said, uh, I, I like, you know, watch it in Japanese with English subtitles um, if you want, but don't not watch it uh, in English with, with the voice talent. Because, you know, talent like Lucy Liu, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Bobby Moynihan, Tim Wera Morrison being Boba Fett again was amazing, Neil Patrick Harris. Alison Brie from Community, you know, Simon uh, Liu, uh, David Harbour. Um, he he was he was uh, in in the Master. He played a really good Jedi. I want him in a fucking Star Wars movie. Um, Everywhere. You also you also had James Hong, who's like the greatest, uh, like one of the best, one of my favorite actors of all time. He played the bad guy in Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. Okay. And, and you know, you know he's been in fucking everything for the past thirty years. Right. Remember you telling me that when we did Runner, Big Trouble. He was in. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the Christopher uh, Christopher also, Lee of the Chinese cinema world. You know. Kind of like he's he's everywhere, dude. Uh, you also had um, Keon Keon Young and George Takei. Keon Young played Wu in Deadwood. I don't know if you ever saw. No, I know who George, but, George like, Takei is, but you know. I'd... Yeah, yeah, and George Takei uh, also, and then Jamie Chung. Um, you know, who was in um, Lovecraft Country, right? She, yeah, yeah. She played the Korean girlfriend. And Henry Golding, um, who is like, he plays one of the heroes, but he was one of them. He's the main heartthrob in Crazy Rich Asians. So Ed is pointing out to you, for all you happening actors and actresses and people who want to work with us in filmmaking out there, I just want to point it out. This is why he's an actor's director. Like, he just knows this stuff. Like, knows it. I do not. I mean, I, that's why I'm the producer. I do not. Like, I have to come to him and say, well, what was this guy in? What did he do? And he'll be like, he'll show me it on YouTube real quick. He'll be like, this is all. Like, oh, man, that's a really cool clip. Yeah, that's really good. But it's just it's just great to see, uh, you know, Asian-American actors, representation. No, no. And when I say that, Ed, and the reason we bring it up about the like the B-list actors that you know is it's because you care and because you know actors. And, and I'm a little bit more like that now that I know actors. Like, 
listen, like people that were on Star Wars Vision, this was such a passion for them, I'm sure. You know what yeah. I mean? And they show it in every single episode that you watch. You know what I mean? And that's another reason why it's good. Voice acting can be really boring sometimes. Yeah, and really, it you know, and it's, it's one of those the movies that we mentioned earlier, like Vampire Hunter D. Oh, yeah. Like just just 13, terrible. Like some of the voice acting. Was I mean, awful. one thing to point out here is, is again, it was mutual respect. They allowed, mm. and I'm sure this was a discussion, like they allowed both a Japanese version and an English mm. version. And I'm sure they worked on both of those because often what Ed's 100%. talking about is they'll do the Japanese version and then they're like, oh, we've got to, we've got to dub this because people won't watch it with subtitles. And then they just find somebody to do that you know what i mean yeah never yeah, works yeah, yeah. out well never works out well i would say the person doing the subtitles on squid game is in that boat because some of the okay. some of the translations i'm like that's not what they just said you know what i, I mean? wonder if i wonder if like because some of my some of my actor friends are in squid game i think i mentioned that to you um but i also know a lot of people who do like translation and stuff but i wonder if i know who it, it, it. i don't know it was like it, what i will say it is it was someone definitely trying to be cool like they were trying mm. to be like because there's all this like idiot idiom usage and, right. and what what sorry what the person doing the subtitles doesn't know about me is that that's one of my backgrounds is in languages so i'm, I'm kind of a stigler for it like it doesn't have to be an exact translation but there are liberties that people take and it, yeah and it's and it's it's hard man it's 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 definitely a tough thing no you and i said you have more experience with that than i i've never had to do a subtitle for for any particular person you know but um yeah i'm really stickler for them if they don't match what i think they should say i'll point it out because i think i'm smart that way that's fair enough but um, uh but yeah and and honestly dude watching all this shit just made me really want to play star wars 5e um, the, the Star Wars conversion of D&D. Yeah! Because <laughs> it just, it opens your mind to so much beyond to new, Skywalker's. To new stories, and, right. Yeah, exactly, you know, and you realize that Star Wars is a perfect setting for something no, like No, and, and don't get know. me wrong, it's all about, guys, like, because we do shit on things. I do shit on Star Wars when I can, but Star Wars is just evolution, okay? George Lucas was smart. Okay, he got onto the action figure gig. He got onto the franchising gig. He took three movies and did more with them than some people have done with ten. You know what I mean? Like he just made it work, and he made it last so that even at, when there weren't any movies, because people forget there was this huge gap between Return of the Jedi and 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 when the first you know the, the Phantom Menace comes out, it was huge when that came out because people were like, oh my god, they made it in Star Wars. But between that, people still love Star Wars. Like there was this, oh, dude, there was this the novels, the comic books, everything. Like, you know, and then after. After yeah, the Phantom Menace, yeah. even after they tanked on that initial trilogy, it still kept going. And it was like, people yeah, still yeah, love yeah. Star Wars. And then The Force Awakens came out. And that wasn't perfect. And they, they yeah. like every step that they make on it, they're just further and further and further. And I just think Disney has now given them the right platform to be like... I think so. I think, I think they made not great initial steps. Uh, you know, I think the sequels were, were a misstep. I think, you know, even some of the, like, the solo movie and, and, and stuff like that. But I think that, and I'm so happy that finally um, um, Dave Filoni has been made, like, head of Star Wars story. Mm. So, you know, I just, I, it feels like the right move and they're telling the, the, the right kind of stories. Well, no, it's, it's hard. So I think, I think Star, Star, Star Wars is, is relevant again. Again, that search for hope. Yeah, yeah. And guys, like, so, you know, Filoni's not an easy one to understand if you're not a Star Wars geek, okay? Um, I would encourage you, go to the gallery on Disney Plus mm. and watch his episode about The Mandalorian. 
Okay, so mm. John Favreau awesomely got all the directors for the first season of The Mandalorian. And maybe the second season. I haven't watched oh. the one for the second season. But all the first season directors are in an episode of Gallery. Um, and they all get a chance to talk about their experience with Star Wars. Watch that and you will understand Dave Filoni. Because he is in love with Star Wars. Like, it is yeah. his thing. And he, and he, he, he gets, gets it. He gets, like, like what George was trying to do. And he he wants to kind yeah, of yeah, and he, that. that's why I say watch that because in the gallery he talks about meeting him for the first time and he talks about what he did and all the different respect and honor that he had even to like a Japanese style you know what I mean to the, which is just a different level of respect you know like for George Lucas and that's what has allowed him to kind of move forward that way it's it's the same kind of story you hear about. You know, in, in a higher level, you hear that about Kathleen Kennedy, that she just has a love for the series. And that's why she's been around Spielberg and Lucas for so long, because she gets them and how they work. You know, it's it's one of those things. But Dave Filoni, to me, over Kathleen Kennedy, and I do, as I said, Kathleen Kennedy does good work. But he is the one that's evolving Star Wars and taking it to a point where he sees where the, the avenues are for him to, to, to put yeah. stories. And it's tough because you've got to find those. It's not just having a good story. It's having a good story that somebody wants to listen to. So that's the trick and i think dave filoni is slowly getting there and it's like i said not everything he makes is for everybody the bad batch like i said i, I we, we did an episode on it i wouldn't recommend it for everybody if if you do mm. want to see the thing about the bad patch that i thought was really interesting is mm. it does not like show you in graphic detail but what they are doing is strapping you to the chair and tying you in and, and basically subjugating you to the empire in that in that show slowly they're not doing it to you directly and that's why it works but you see it because yeah, they go from it, world it, it, to it, it world to world the real, the real menace yeah you get to eight empire nine and ten you know the later episodes they're yeah. just literally traveling around and finding out the empire has done this or that they're shutting down this or that they're doing this and, and I, you and realize I, how it happens yeah, and I, and I think that it's the one thing that you know. God, if if uh, you know Dave Filoni or anyone over at Lucasfilm ever listened to this, um, I would I would love for them to know is that by by giving us things like you know the Clone Wars, particularly the last four episodes of the last season, you know the elements of the Bad Patch, visions now, it makes the other stuff better. Do you know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. Like it, it helps. It helps the franchise overall. Absolutely, because we don't need we don't need to always be seeing the same characters that we saw in the first three films. You know, as much as I am kind of excited for Obi Wan, I, I feel like I I don't need it. You know, no, God, I, hope, I hope I'm wrong. I think the beauty is now you can watch some of these older ones and and get a more of appreciation for the world. And like like I would say that's how it is with me and Boba Fett. Like. Everybody loved Boba Fett. I hated Boba Fett for that reason. Because everybody's like, Boba Fett's so cool. I'm like, why? He doesn't have any speaking lines, really. He, he shows up, like, twice in the movie. Like, why is he so awesome to everybody? And usually it's like you. He does have the line, I need him alive. I know, right? But it's like you, because you had the action figure, right? You're like, but I love my Boba Fett action figure. Uh, my brother my brother was obsessed with Boba Fett. So, but my now I kind of like, character. like, I met Jango Fett. Okay. And that was, yeah. eh, I guess, like... Yeah. It yeah. was like, well, at least he has a backstory now, even though I still don't understand why he's so popular. But then you do things like the Mando, you do things mm -hmm. like like he's gonna have the book of Boba Fett, but he's shown up in a couple yeah. other things as well. And he now was in this? he was in he was in Tatooine. Uh, that's it, that's it. And like you know, I just yeah. have an appreciation for him now as as the resident bounty hunter. He's that guy yeah, yeah. that shows up. It's the same reason I you know I've always had a, a, a slight crush on uh, is it uh, uh, the the character that plays Phoenix, the the actress that plays Phoenix. Um, oh yes, Ming Na Wen. Yeah, Ming Na Wen. Uh, just yeah. she does it for me. But 
man, like, I love that character, too, because she keeps showing up in things as well, as Fenix is the one who's, like, she's in Bad Batch mm. at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of stuff, like, that's what Marvel does that makes all of us tickle. Like, ooh, I know that character. They ooh, look what they're things. doing now. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just that level of familiarity because what you're doing, you know, and this isn't, this is me sounding incredibly pretentious, but I believe I'm right. Like, what you're doing is you're creating a mythology. We don't have yeah. that. We read about the Greek mythology, the Chinese mythology. Exactly. But, you know, exactly. what if we didn't tie these things to religions, guys? What if we just tied this to our general love of, of stories, you know? Oh, by the way, I did absolutely love it in the T.O.B. 1 episode where the, the master without the arms, he says, I am one with the force, the force is with you. Oh, just that callback to Chira Imwe, man, in Rogue Squadron. I just, that, that shit gets my just tingling. That, that was probably for me the first time I thought there was real hope was I loved, I didn't see it in the theaters, I wish I would have, but I remember I bought it after the second, I bought it after Last Jedi, and Last Jedi, when I originally saw Last Jedi, I didn't like it, then I watched it again after I understood what he was trying to do, and I really liked it. Yeah. yeah but yeah. then I watched, you know, Rogue One, and it was like, oh man, this is the best. Like, this is this yeah. is a whole new cast, whole new story, yeah. going in a different direction. Like, it's yes. still connected tangentially, you know, that, that, final, that final scene that connects... Uh, Rogue One to A New Hope, you know, right? Because of the because of the sh- layer ship and having having the, the right? plans right? and stuff like that. It just like that's what I mean when I say that that these things can elevate the stuff that came before, and like right. you say, it builds uh, a mythology that that is now a multi billion dollar. Like I hundred percent want to go to Galaxy's Edge in uh, is it in like Orlando in, in Disney World or whatever. <laughs> 100% and I'm 100% going to buy a really expensive lightsaber An- another another really expensive lightsaber dude shut up and take my money I just I, I've been, I've well, that, been that, that's what it is though and don't get me wrong like there's yeah. nothing wrong with that it's what keeps people employed so you know what I mean like yeah. no no faults there no but that's yeah, exactly and, and, and but give, you know give me the stuff that 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 I sometimes it's hard because you know the fandom's don't always have the right idea and i think star wars is unfortunately we've talked about this before has a, a somewhat toxic fandom oh no no uh, we just haven't seen that from some of the other big fandoms lately but you know star trek has had that for ages because there's always the That's trekkers true. versus the trekkies yeah. versus the voyagers yeah. like what's the best one like who cares they're all good you know what i mean like Enterprise maybe yeah, not so much, but it has. Cool. Doesn't Enterprise have Scott Bakula or something like that? So it's like fine. Yeah, you get the yeah, Quantum Leap yeah. guy; he's all right. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, if you've been watching Lower Decks, by the way. I uh, just yeah, I just got up to the latest episode. So the the, the, the oh, big nice. the big it was hilarious because it was like um it was one of those episodes they trick you. The whole thing starts out and you're like Jesus, they just wiped out half the show, and then it's like oh no no no, no it's not what they did. <laughs> Love it, yeah, absolutely so love good. it because it's made so for good. it's made for you and I. Like that is that is a show yeah. made for the Trek nerd. Like, yeah. And I'm not sure who else. Yeah. That's the only problem I have with it is like I'm not sure if someone who didn't understand Star Trek would even remotely want to go near that show. Yeah. I know they're trying, right? Because it's an animation. They're yeah. trying to say, oh, it's funny. Yeah. It's like it is funny, but man, if you're yeah. not in that universe, you don't get the jokes. Like you won't get. <laughs> There's a lot. There's of so many good jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fact they're all wearing red shirts. I keep telling my wife, I'm like, look, they're all wearing red shirts. They're all gonna die. And, and and there's I don't know if you've gotten to the episode, but there's a, there's a group that call themselves the Red. Oh, I know. Yeah, I love that one. We're like, no, we're gonna yeah. all be captains. Yeah. And it was like, you call yourselves the Red Shirts? No, I mean that's why I love that show because again, it's like where you see yourself. Like, no, I would not be in the Red Shirts. I would have been 
with that with that woman with the main character doing shit work yeah. on the bottom like this is fun mariner yeah yeah with mariner because like what who cares why not you know like all right yeah too many too many but, overachievers uh, in the star trek universe i know right yeah uh but yeah man oh star wars visions all Another right star wars visions we absolutely we are coming up to one hour 50 folks so i hope you have enjoyed Jeez. Our extra special extended episode, which was bound is to have the longest one. Anytime you see Star Wars, man, we're gonna just, we're just gonna, you know what I mean? We're just gonna get into it. It's the way it goes. I'm sorry. So you're gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> sorry, but hopefully yeah. you've enjoyed the slightly longer podcast talking about, you know, all the different things that we liked about it, kind of giving you some backstory as to why we liked it. What I would love, you know, watch one of these and tell us about it in your comments. Okay. There's so many of these that we'd love your views. What did you think about yeah. this? What did, what was your you know, what was, what was your favorite and why, you know, this is the kind of stuff like, don't we just do it because we've got a mic in front of us, like put the mic in front of you or put the, put the page. Also, in front of if you've got like uh, any kind of big shout outs for anime movies or oh yeah, anything, you know, let us know. Cause I'm always up for like, oh, man, yeah. because, stuff. because they are, you know, as I said, because it's a it's subculture, like a subgenre, at least for us in the West, like, yeah, we don't hear about everything. It's, nice to get those new names and be like have you tried this have you checked out this i know mm-hmm. justin mcconnell right now is going absolutely ape over um that's a guy who did clapboard jungle um he's yeah, going yeah. absolutely ape about cowboy bebop like he's had like 20 uh, posts because he watched it for the first time yeah and like yeah, i agree that's, like that's, first time you see cowboy bebop it's gonna blow your mind you know what i mean like absolutely that's blow your mind. definitely a like uh must watch anime series yeah well, it's it's being 100%. made into a, like a live action so i think that was his impetus for yeah. checking it out but um yeah that's what i mean like let us know man if there's one that you find life-changing or even just cool just put it in the comments all right, folks. Well, I will let you go. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back on next week, maybe with a guest, maybe not. As I said, they keep pushing back the dates on things, so we will see when we can get these people on. But they are coming at some point. Um, otherwise, we will pick another cool thing to talk about with you and kind of go into why we thought it was cool and how it helps us with I mean, filmmaking. Please, please, hopefully it's foundation. I'm, I'm going to... If gonna he watches it and likes it, that'll be the next phone call I get is producer Jason <laughs> doing foundation. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, man. All right, but from my end, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Take care.